this. Well. <laughs> how do we, how do we, do? okay. So hi everyone. My name is Kevin Fape. Uh, I'm joined by, of course, Nicholas Stinchcomb. Did I say it right? Great. Hell yes. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you put a, you put a little a little spice on it, and I like that. What was the spice? You went stinchcomb. Stinchcomb. It's like almost like it's a little Italian or something. Uh, a lot of people give me the pape when they read my name. Ah, Kevin Pape. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a French baker. Um, I mean, it's my, my I mean, dad was more poppy. So, like, a coworker made a joke about like, ah, Kevin Poppy. I guess we're gonna call you Poppy, and then they stopped, and they went, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that revelation, right? They're like, mm, mm. well. Maybe you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe no. Well, my no. name is Kevin, and unfortunately, I am a Resident Evil fan. And sometimes that takes me down very dark avenues of media, whether it be every time except for video games. Um, there's some dark avenues that the games took me down too, bud. True. All mm-hmm. right. The time I enjoyed uh, the Umbrella Core. That was a bad oh. time, dude. That's a cool. bad time. That's a bad time yeah. game. There's people out there. So here's something that bothered me recently that you might have saw. There is a a rethink on Resident Evil Survivor. People are saying it's good. I, uh, I okay. Every time, <laughs> every time history gets rewritten for video games, it really it slices at the core of my being. It feels like a little knife yeah. under my ribs, just like dragging against my ribs. On the it inside. hurts. Yeah. It, it hurts to have the these revisionist right. re visionist history happening hey, here. Hey. Reach for the moon, visionist. Re- <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we all have to reach for the moon engine <laughs> one day in our lives, okay? <laughs> so, Nick, what did we do? What did we do? What did we agree to do? Why are we here? We, we decided because, mm-hmm. you know, we're both huge, humongous, like from birth Resident Evil fans. <laughs> uh, because we're both Kevin. Um, we yeah. decided to watch the new television program netflix's resident evil got you got yeah, you that's i know you forgot because you wiped your mind i'm just reminding you i did yeah i did um so eight episodes came out this weekend yeah. on july 14th <laughs> let me let me start with the reception so here's what the or sorry the reception the reception on the internet that's occurring here we got a whole episode of this folks um is People hate it. <laughs> Almost yeah. universally. Universally hate it. Um, they're Except for, was it GameSpot? I don't know. Maybe it was Games, Game. Somebody Game gave Spot. it a nine. I remember it was either Games Radar said it was just really boring. Oh. Uh, IGN gave it, I think, like a seven. I mean, we could look up yeah. some of the reviews here. Yeah. I can keep that in background. But so far, uh, I went to the Wikipedia, by the way. I have yeah. it popped open right now. And the last line that they want you to know is that the audience and fan re- reaction to the show was overwhelmingly negative. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I believe it. I've seen some positive takes, <laughs> yeah. but generally it is massive distaste. And that's the low end uh, <laughs> leaning towards you've harmed me at my core and my childhood doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Which is fair. It's got a 53% on Rotten tomatoes right now 3.5 and imdb because apparently like the four grandmas on there that are like rating movies apparently <laughs> checked out checked out all eight episodes of resident evil on netflix they're yeah. like oh that lance reddick's in that show i'll take yeah. a look at this but uh oh actually ign was pretty up on it ign said netflix's uh resident evil is, is is the strongest adaptation yet and i've been hearing that but i feel like there's two types of people saying that 
people that yeah. are pleasantly surprised by the show and people yeah. that are like, well, comparatively, that means next yeah. to dog shit. Exactly. People, people <laughs> that enjoyed the show way more than they thought. And they're like, this yeah. is actually pretty good television. And then people that are saying like, this is the best Resident Evil thing that's come out outside of the games in a long time, if ever. And that is a horrible insight insult to this and every other piece of media that's ever been produced. Right. They're like, that's just depressing that this yeah. is probably the best thing that we've gotten uh, out of out of the, <laughs> the whole thing. Now, I guess it's important to kind of like set the stage here for this, right? We heard about this this adaptation, I think, what, like end of 2020? Yeah, uh, it got, wasn't that yeah. long ago. And all they said was like, we're doing a Resident Evil and we're insisting on just calling it Resident Evil <laughs> rather than like trying to delineate it from any other piece of media, which was super confusing because at the same time, Resident Evil <laughs> Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, a much more faithful adaptation of the games uh, and also faithfully reviewed horribly. It was was like in like filming at the time and it came out like 2021. So faithful that it is, in fact, absolutely terrible. It's it's amazing because people are complaining <laughs> about the show saying that it's like it's nothing like Resident Evil. It's terrible. Why couldn't they just stick to the script, stick to the games? And it's like, well, they did that in a movie and it was really bad. And it was still bad. Like, I want to talk about that towards maybe like the end sure. of this beautiful program of like what could have been because i do have an yeah. idea in my head of what a resident evil adaptation can be and i do agree you can't just fucking film the game script and yeah. end up with a good product i think yeah. somebody could try to get away with that but you would need to put so much style and flair into how you film it and how it's casted and how you do the scenes that it's like it won't even matter what the, the words are anymore the totally plot agree. won't even matter it's just like a yeah. visual treat and that's what Welcome to Raccoon City missed out on because it was a very cheap production. Like yeah. they got things right um, visually, I think. And then they got everything else wrong because it was a stupid fucking plot. And it was a bad idea to merge the first and second yeah. game into one story because it, yeah. like, it's like <laughs> the funny part about it is like he, here are both stories in one, but none of the good parts of either. Yeah, they missed everything that makes it charming or unique or clever. It was all stripped away just so that they could have what they thought were the key details. And it just ends up being bad. Yeah, just like a weird you, mix of it. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to establish how we felt going into this? Like individually? Yeah, okay. I, I do. First. So like a, a big part of that was it came from like the synopsis of the show that leaked, which was yeah. uh, the, the literally the first episode title leaked first and it was called Welcome to New Raccoon City. Yeah. And they were talking about how, well, Albert Wesker somehow's back in the fucking mix and he has two daughters, two teenage daughters, and they're moving to New Raccoon City and he's a scientist at Umbrella, but they start uncovering the secrets of Umbrella while working for him. And immediately my thought was like, oh, so this is like an alternate canon or something right yeah like they're doing a new thing but they're using familiar details which i don't think is like a bad way to try to adapt the material like you're trying to make it work for a series it means you have the benefits of the pre-existing series without the downside of doing like welcome welcome raccoon city tried to do which was mm -hmm. trying to fully reproduce the games right yeah you don't have to you're not bound by that but you do still have like the dna so you're like oh cool Right. Like you can do some cool callbacks. Yeah. You can yeah, do yeah, you can yeah. do some interesting stuff while not feeling adherent to like I need to this needs to like like working in the Marvel universe, for instance. Like yeah. this needs to get to a certain destination, no matter how I feel about the material, which is like a bane of contention for a lot of directors. That's why they drop out of those projects. Totally. They're like they're like, this doesn't make sense for my character. And they're like, fuck you, Edgar Wright, you quirky bitch. And then, <laughs> then they kick him off of Ant Man and yep. that's it, right? Yep. Th th this had the benefit of like we can do kind of what we want. 
Um, but then like right before the show came out, cause they were very sparse about like the advertising. A lot of the promos were on like, look how we got the, the CGI creatures, right? And yeah. they, that, that was exciting. They got the dog, right? The Cerberus oh, yeah. was right. The um, stuff they showed us early on visually looked good. This, this looks like you, you have more money or more budget than, than the movie did, which is yeah. absolutely true. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Netflix is like, yeah, go to fucking town. And the thing that kind of kind of like set the stage in my head was there is this man. I need to look up his name real quick. It's at the top of this wiki. There is a man. You may be familiar with him. <laughs> his name is Andrew Dabb. Oh, a hero. Mr. Dabb has spent a lot of his career writing Supernatural and also a bunch of like comic books and stuff like that, right? But he he eventually became a showrunner for Supernatural toward uh, past the point anyone gave a shit about the show anymore, yes. uh, to be completely fair. <laughs> He's responsible for a lot of the very bad things in that show, and there are a lot of bad things in that show. Right, and I really got my full taste of Mr. Dabb's writing uh, on this series, which I don't think he's a bad writer. I think he just makes bad decisions he's that distinct. ruin his good writing yeah that's you know that's completely true <laughs> like that's what this show is basically overall he, he balances himself almost perfectly between good writing choices and really bad writing choices <laughs> so the thing that got me in interviews with mr dab when he was doing promo for this is hey this is actually a part of resident evil canon like yeah. the series you know that happened. That's our backstory. But we're yeah. doing like a new story on top of that. And then it turned into, yeah, the Wesker in my series is the same as, you know, as the guy who died in the volcano. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was like, what did you just say? Yeah. Excuse me? That was like the mic drop. Like, what? Are yeah. you kidding? And then I became a little more interested because I said, yeah. you know, that that might be crazy enough to work. And that, and hey, that, that's what got me fully on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was medium. And then I read that and I was like. No fucking way. Right. No way. Yeah. How did, how, how did you feel like walking a, into this? I was I was super medium to begin with. I was actually more excited for Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah. Because they they were I was hearing about them and in the media around the same time. And I was like, oh, that sounds more of my jam. Lately I've had a bit of problem with TV. I don't watch a whole lot of TV mm -hmm. uh anymore. But then so I, I went into it with a similar thought as you, where I was like, okay, well, alternate universe, we can do some interesting stuff with the with the the characters if they want to use any of them, at least the setting with Umbrella. And we even before they mentioned this is the same Albert Wesker, they did say Wesker is in this show, and I was like, okay, well, if there's any character that desperately needs a rehash of some kind, it's Albert Wesker. So I was like, maybe there's something here, right? And then. The yeah, the notorious words of Andrew Dabb saying that that man who fell up in that volcano and burned to death is basically the same dude as in this, <laughs> in this show. He got rocketed and he got laid up in that volcano. That's our man. And then <laughs> that's our boy Wesker. That's around when I started hearing that the show was going to be a split timeline narrative too, because they mentioned that they were like half of it's going to be like following his his like daughters and half of it's going to be like post-apocalyptic and i was like oh that's a cool take like this one thing i was mentioning to you a while ago when we were just talking about resident evil in general one thing you almost never see from resident evil is either the inciting incident like the actual inciting incident or the real aftermath right it's all in the moment mm -hmm. it's like this thing has happened and we are here to clean up right now and we need to or we're all gonna die and so the idea of seeing the fallout of it and what led up to it was really interesting to me. I was like, oh, that's something this series has almost never done. Yeah, I also think it's interesting where like the, the series protagonists, for instance, are always a little bit distanced from the inciting yes. incident too. Yep. In that like, you know, you're the good guys or you're the victims in some way, right? 
this this character or this 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 uh show features here's Wesker, obviously a man who's a big factor in Umbrella, but we're focusing on his daughters. Yeah. Like they are directly tethered to the Umbrella like universe in some way that isn't just like this big corporate entity that's just fucking over people. And yeah, exactly. Just like deal with it. So that like there's there's a few interesting things in this show that I think that we haven't seen um from the games themselves because the games like totally. honestly don't have enough time to delve into some of these things while still like focusing on being a horror game and that's why i also thought that like there's an opportunity for a series right and and, and like let's let's be honest with ourselves here the sentence wesker's twin daughters is the most absurd thing i've ever heard and <laughs> yeah. so i was like yep i'm in i was like no, you know me. what that's that's like i know that's one of those sentences i would just like make hardcore fans angry because all they want to hear is that like you're adapting like the mansion incident and we're going to yeah. try to extend it to eight episodes as yeah. if that would work it would not work it would not work you can get maybe just, like well first of all you should do a movie on that and I, I can't believe that hollywood decided to we are but we're gonna fuck it up <laughs> which is we're, great we're gonna do it but uh but let me tell you we're gonna put we're gonna put a little twist on it a little bit of, a little bit of lime spritz it's gonna be that there's only half the time <laughs> And we're going to jam all this other shit in there, too, for no reason. <laughs> and Lisa Trevor? Well, that's your friend. Well, Best thing. Chill friend. So, so the overall show, like, all right, let, 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 let's get yeah. into it, right? Because I have yeah. notes per episode, yeah. but we can dance oh, yeah. around however we need to, right? But I was actually really taken with the first episode. Yeah. I, I thought to myself, this is a really cool setup for something that is vibrantly different, but is still intriguing and, like... I'll be honest, this is one of only two episodes where I think the time jump thing works because when you do a time jump and you're like going back to like, oh, what happened before? You're supposed to do the work of setting up a mystery. Like that's your job. Your job is to be like, how did we get there? And then we go back and like, okay, I'm going to start learning how the pieces fall together. And this show fucks that up so badly by just like having like awkward lines and going like, yeah, yeah, XYZ is fucking dead, huh? Uh, and you're like, what? <laughs> what did you just? Yeah, it's like we're, we're not there yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, it, they, like, like it trips on itself so bad uh, with it this element. Feels like they had a really good idea in the in the backward forward narrative, mm-hmm. and then a couple times it works really well. Like you're saying, in episode one it works. There's a couple times in other episodes I think it works well. I think the problem is they use it so liberally yeah. that it feels jarring and disconnected like you always flash forward or back to connecting moments right that's the whole point something Mm -hmm. happens in the future that makes a character remember something or be terrified of something or is seeing the result of something and then you flash back to the past to show you something that informed that or vice versa something happens in the past and then you're flashing forward to do some consequence of that right that's generally how that structure works there's a just Mm -hmm. as an excuse to have two television shows exactly and both of them are half interesting, which is my yeah. problem, right? Yeah. I, I can't even say that one is better than the other. Like one has action and one doesn't, but they both at, are missing each other. Yeah. At any individual moment, one will be better than the other one, but yeah. that switches constantly. Constantly. And so you even have these elements where like, I would say around like episodes like three and four, especially when um, Jade, our protagonist is looking for Jade Wesker. the university, which is like, is. you know, which is like, ends up being a kind of a cool reveal that it's like a boat. Because yeah. uh, we always uh, talk about like zombie lore where it's like, oh, we got to get to the island. And I was like, oh, well, what, what's the best thing to get away from like crowds of zombies? A boat. <laughs> like you're out of the me, ocean. You're great. Let, let me tell you, I, I took a note for that sequence where where they revealed <laughs> the boat and I said, 
Oh my god, it's the Japanese boat thing. <laughs> From Yakuza 6, the Song of yep. Life. Yep. <laughs> they reveal the Song of Life is the university. I love yep. it. I absolutely love it. I was it. like, oh, it's an obsession with boats. I'm in. <laughs> but yeah, she's hunting. She's going for this because she's... So Jade Wesker in the future, uh, who's very different than the, the young Jade, who's just like very angsty, very angry um, at the world, at life. But in the future, she is trying to save the world. She's trying yes. to study the T-Virus zombies, which are my, which I hate, by the way, I hate that Hollywood, hate modern Hollywood runners. looks at zombies and says, this is fucking boring. Make them run, make them snarl, make, make them super powered. What? Yeah. It's very clear that they were taking a lot of notes from 28 days later yeah. um, for these, mod especially the early modern sequences with the way the zombies work, the way they're shuffling around the city. They even tell us pretty quickly, Jade informs us pretty quickly that they're not dead. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true. Which is, again, that's 28 days later, right? They're not actually zombies. It's very clear that's what they were going for. Mm -hmm. uh, although that does shift like four times in the show. The tone <laughs> and inspirations shift consistently. consistently. But I, yeah, I, I have no problem with running zombies. I was disappointed that these were running zombies because I think this was a good opportunity to make Shambly zombies seem scary again because a lot of people just can't seem to make it work for some reason. Yeah. They seem to just doubt themselves constantly. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to have another like piece of media with really cool shambling zombies. And it was like, nope, guess not. Not this time. So we have all these elements, but the, like the big thing that I, that I like saw was even though we have these two planes of actions, right? The past where the Wesker girls and, and Albert Wesker are trying to settle in new in uh, South Africa, in new raccoon city, where when we jump back to the forward segments, they really don't connect to what we're seeing in the past. It's just two, two shows happening concurrently and I was thinking about another show that really brilliantly uses the the time jump gimmick, which is uh, Yellow Jackets. Um, yeah. Yellow Jackets is amazing. Whenever they reveal a new fact about a character, they're either giving it to you in the past or in the future, and somehow like let's let's click in on this, let's let's dial in on this element and further explain this, right? So if you're if you have a question about a character of where the fuck they are, the moment that they utter their name, they're gonna show you like here's why they're important now versus what happened in the past, and it's really yeah. intriguing. This show just kind of is just like I don't know. You could literally like edit this to where they're running side by side at the same time, and they won't. Yeah. to each other at all there's, like like i said there's like maybe five or six points in the entire show yeah. where they they actually use the flash forward back quote unquote correctly or effectively i guess would be the right term right yeah yeah they they just they're like the, the so we've got welcome to new raccoon city we're introduced to our characters they go to their house we meet albert wesker we're like okay if we know anything about re we're like okay what's wesker's deal like we're, we're, we this is clearly where like the outbreak happens like how does it happen blah 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 blah, blah. and then we cut to the future and it's like here is Jade. She is a scientist now. Uh, we have no connection to that city, that town. We have no connection to her father or her family. We don't know how she became like this. It's not even like a moment where she's like thinking about science or like thinking about being alone. And then it cuts forward and she's alone. It's nothing like that. It's literally yeah. just there, story, other story. There's no visual or writing language to <laughs> to set you up to why we're going back and forth uh, this way. It's almost like the writer is like, Oh, yeah, I guess we should check in on future Jade, huh? <laughs> and yep. it's like, yep, what's she doing? Oh, she's jumping off of something. Oh, she's she's running. And like, I've, I've noticed, too, like all of the action in the show, with with the exception of a few moments, like the dog attack in the first episode is completely sequestered to the future, which makes yep. the past elements even more boring when we go back to them. They're almost never tense because yeah. you never think there's any because I mean, to be fair to the to those elements, they are starring primarily children. 
and those children are probably not going to be doing action sequences. And so you're just, nope. if the children are ever on screen, you're like, well, unless the outbreak is going to happen right now, I'm not really afraid. There's almost no tension. Yeah. And they get you a almost few not. times, but generally it's pretty chill, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and surprisingly really leans in on teen drama. Yeah. Uh, yeah throughout yeah, the yeah. series, like to, to a degree that it almost gets CWE. Like I noticed, yes, I think I have that in my notes almost like through episodes like one through five. I'm like, this is very that's CW. One of the, that's one of the biggest complaints that's getting leveled against it right now is like, this is a CW show. It, well, actually, the complaint that's getting leveled against it right now is this is worse than a CW show, which is absolutely untrue. That's not true. Uh, that is... This is way better than almost any CW show that's ever existed. Like I get the it comparison mean it's point, good, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's not right. People's hyperbole these days is it's getting intense. Oh, this man. is not worse than the CW's arrow, guys. There's no fucking way. Yeah. OK, yeah. Listen, and, and they're being critical of the writing. Like I'm critical of the writing, right? Like I said, like, every good thing is is like demolished by some bad thing that occurs, which is like just not great for the writing. But I feel like we're nitpicking in the wrong direction. The Zootopia line. Yeah. What? Oh, my God. Which actually fit the scenario that was occurring, right? There's a line in the show where Jade says, I mostly read Zootopia porn as like as a flippin joke to get a rise out of her dad. And people are using it as like ammunition against like the they're like, somebody got paid to say and write this. And it's like, uh, okay. and the other the other line that's being that's being used in the exact same argument every time is actually a line that I really like in context. And Albert Wesker basically tells a guy that he's going to get blacklisted from Pornhub. Yeah. He, he said, I want Pornhub to shred your resume. That is in shred quotes. Your resume. Yeah. <laughs> That's so like a that great could, line. The, the idea being that he could never work at even Pornhub and people are right. using this as, again, as ammunition against the writing. It's like, that's a terror. It's so cringe. And it's like, no, people, he's saying that even Pornhub couldn't hire this guy. That's, that's reasonable. It's a thing. It's a threat. Like it's, I don't know. I think people with a show that is overflowing with stuff to criticize, they're jumping into the easiest things, which mm. are actually not really that critiquable. Like they're just, they're throwaway kind of funny lines that are not bad writing. They're yeah. It's it, not. It's so funny to me. Like the things that I thought that like worked in the show, the best, cause that, so the scene that we're talking about too, where he mentions, says that to a person, it's not just Wesker being like a dickhead to be a dickhead. dickhead. No. His daughter, Billy, there's, we got Jade and Billy. Billy's being, uh, she's more of like the shy one, whereas Jade is more of like fucking teenage rebellion, right? Yeah. Uh, Billy gets bullied, <laughs> by the way. And they dragged that, the bully, the, the, the one guy's daughter into the office, to the principal's office. Wesker is there. And, uh, both of the fathers work for Umbrella. The other guy, like Wesker has this moment where he's like, Hey, so what do you do for Umbrella? And he's like, I have to manage the server farm. And he's like, Oh, how many people can do your job? And and it's, it's really intense moment. And he's like, I I don't know. He's like, I know it's 10,000 people, 10,000 people can do your job. You know how many people can do my job? (laughs) And the answer is one, me. So if I have a, so if I go to Umbrella and say, I refuse to do my job because you work there. Like it was, it was, he just fucking railroaded this guy. And it's this cool moment of like the Wesker daughters just view their dad as lame dad. Right. Yeah. They've never seen him like this ever. This is literally the first time either of them have seen him be aggressive or like assertive in any real non-dad way. Right. And, and in their heads, they're just kind of like, well, what else don't we know about this guy? And yeah. that's kind of like seeded in the first episode. Yeah, and it's like, this smart. is, this is such a cool direction to go with this. And very unfortunately for the rest of the episodes, while Wesker remains, uh, Lance Reddick remains one of the best oh. parts of the show. They oh, continue yeah. to just dial in on the Wesker daughters who are, yeah. I unfortunately far less interesting as, as characters versus like, Hey, there's something different about this Wesker. 
we know as a fan in the back of my head, I know that this is supposed to be somehow either the same Wesker or related to that person that we knew who was grabbing rockets and going, Chris, like, you know, like we, we know it's like, when's the shoe going to drop is basically one of the more interesting parts of the show, which I don't when, think people that don't is, know the games would even understand walking into yeah, this. Right. No, definitely. They, they would just be like, well, this is obviously just Wesker. Even if they had played maybe like the first couple RE games, they would still be like, uh, that could just be Wesker. Maybe he retired. Like who knows? Right. Cause he's not that crazy at the start. No, he's just a guy. <laughs> But the specification that RE5 Wesker is real in this universe was the that's the tipping point for any any audience member that knows oh. what's going on. Because there's like you're looking at Lance Reddick and you're like, hmm, this man is not teleporting around like Agent Smith in a trench coat. What's going on? Something's different. He tucks in yeah. his shirt. So, of course, the first episode ends with um, so Billy, uh, the activist that she is, finds out that Umbrella may be doing experiments on the animals. Saw some dogs. Little rabbits. Little rabbits. Saw Saw some rabbits. That's what it was. So they decide to break into the lab, you know, be some shitheaded 14-year-olds. I wasn't breaking into laboratories, by the way, when I was 14. I did break into a church gymnasium and steal I broke uh, into uh, some construction sites and, like, ran around in them. Oh, I see. That's fine. That's, like, a normal thing to do, I think. That was fun. Yeah. So they broke into a a high-security lab (laughs) owned by Umbrella. And, of course- that it didn't was go well. It was super easy, well, right? It, they they stole easy. their dad's pass. That's it. They're like, hey, we yeah. know, we know, we know, we got an in. So they go in, and, but of course, they run into a zombie dog, not a normal mm-hmm. dog. It mm-hmm. breaks out and it uh, basically, it, like, it looked like a single bite, but it looked like it was ragdolling Billy. Oh, like, yeah, just yeah. absolutely destroying Billy. And it ripped up her shoulder real good. Yeah, like shaking her and shit. But of course, Jade comes to the rescue with a stool and fucking bashes that Cerberus head in. <laughs> yep. But take that, you bastard. And it was it's a cool start. It's a cool start to the series where it's like, where can this go? What's gonna be? I, I thought I even there was a moment there where I was like, are they going to like zombify or kill Billy right away? Like I, I wasn't sure because you see future Jade and Billy's not there. So I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was um, the first moment of like, Oh wow. Maybe the show's going somewhere a little bit different than I thought, because all the advertising is about like the, the Wesker sisters and this yeah. and that. I was and like, is this a swerve? Was it like, it's just a clever way to be like, Oh, the stakes are risen. And it's like, well, no, yeah, not really. Not, not. Yeah. So the show actually I, kind of predictably, uh, revolves around Billy being bitten and yep. probably for way too long. Like it felt like, for oh like my God. five straight episodes. We just have Billy's really sick and acting out because of it. And that's like every moment that we have with her. She, to, to the point I couldn't stand her. Yeah. Oh, she, she became awful, which sucks. Yeah. Cause in the first episode, I really liked her. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that their, their dynamic was Jade is the one that wants to like get things done. And Billy's the one that just wants to blend in. I thought that was a really good dynamic. Like if you want to sure. do teen drama, it's a good dynamic and it's not my favorite thing, but I was like, yeah, they're, they're very different characters. I like how they bounce off each other. But then Billy's entire identity became when sound is loud or light is bright. I get a little bit upset and I am sick or not sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad that no one likes me sometimes. Also, my oh, gums God. bleed like crazy. Yeah. Is that real? Comes out of my mouth. <laughs> is that real? Is that in yeah. my head sometimes? I, I might be hallucinating. I yeah. might not be. Okay. On, on the one half, I like that. Like if you go back to the original Resident Evil game, there yes. is the most famous uh, file in the game called The Keeper's Diary. Yes. And it's like one of the only recountings that we have in the entire franchise of what it's like to become a zombie in in that world and lore. And I thought it was cool that the show was like, well, yeah, what is that like? Like, And yeah. then like the hyper aggression 
um, her just like acting out hallucinations and stuff like that's all horrible stuff to happen to you. And then you become a zombie. Um, yep. But the show just like over fucking plays its hand on well, that stuff you know, too hard. Spoilers, spoilers to your audience. But the key detail here is that Billy does not become a fucking zombie. Nope. They drag it out for the whole show and she does not become a zombie. <laughs> they don't stop. I have a note here in episode one that says, will Billy get magical zombie powers? Question mark. And the answer is sort of, sort of. So, yeah, sort of. But not not like like she can punch hard. <laughs> let's. Let's talk about really quickly how we were both we were both just praising episode one yeah. for having this concluding moment that was tense and kind of scary. And we're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? And then it turns out, though, that that praise ends up being a problem because that plot point is not resolved ever in the entire show, really. I mean, they sort of resolve it by the end in that there is an effect to her being infected. But like they drag it out for eight episodes, which means it's actually bad that it happens in episode one because yep. then they just waste half their show on it. And they go through the, the problem is if she's developing over time and it's changing her behavior and she's going through different things and it's interesting, fine. But she goes through the same beats like seven times over and over again. She lashes out. She apologizes. She patches things up with her sister or whoever she lashed out at. Rinse and repeat. It, it literally happens like five or six times over the entire show. And it's never different. And it's not interesting after the second time. Nope. And it definitely, uh, as an audience, I just feel distance from the character completely, right? Like she, 100%. she's never given like the sympathy that she garnered in the first episode is just like completely eliminated throughout the rest of the series. And unfortunately, like our backup is like, while Jade is a more interesting character, she yep. is still going through the whole like, you're just being, a, you're making shitheaded decisions because you feel like a shithead. Can and, we quickly talk yeah. about Jade's shitheaded decisions and how they go from I am a teenager, so I'll do this, to I will, as an adult, literally make the worst decision in every possible scenario. Almost every episode features a terrible Jade decision from the future. Yeah. And, and, and I should I should preface this. Actually I, like, <laughs> I, I actually like Jade. I, I think the actress is yeah. a good actress. I found her, when she's being charming, I found her very charming. I find her action hero moments believable, even though the shots aren't always the best. Yeah. I find the character very believable, and I do not dislike her. However, the show really wants me to hate her, which is weird because I actually don't think the show wants me to hate her, but it keeps making her do things <laughs> that are impossibly stupid. Inadvertently makes you... This is, a, by the way, it's Ella Balinska. She was in the Charlie's Angels reboot. She was, yeah. 2019, I believe. So the thing about her, like, I remember from, like, from the get-go, because we're introduced to, like, Future Jade, like, almost immediately. In episode, like, one, two, when she's doing the Land of the Dead shit, which is, like, I yep. think is awesome visually, by the way. There's a yeah, visual we, we style both... to the post-apocalypse, and I'm just like, yo, there's something here. Like, they got it's something. <laughs> they, there is design space in this show that's very strong. Very, very um, strong. They do this. We both, we mm -hmm. both early on, we were both watching basically the first episode and we both independently of each other. We're both like, man, this is like land of the dead. <laughs> and we, and like little, little insight into, into Kevin and I, we both like land of the dead a lot, like a reasonable amount. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's great. <laughs> so that was cool. Yes. Yeah, so do I, it's so, one of my favorite of the deads. It is, it is very much a uh, visual motifs are not like lost on, on what's land of the dead or what's like, yeah. you know, 20, even 28 days later, a little bit is in there, especially when they do like the more like, um, downtrodden scenes, the whole Barry oh, yeah. in the apartment thing, by the way, like, oh, that, yeah. I was like, this is very 28 days later, like what's going on here. And, but they floundered that scene so fucking bad. Awful. So the, fucking I, the bad. The premise is great. And then they ruin it. Yeah. 
like that's where I could say like the writing's really bad right here because like people yep. wouldn't interact with each other like this. This is super fucking strange. Yep. Um, and like even even like just say a line, Jade. It was just like, yo, I'm kind of like on the run or something. That's why I'm like here and need to talk to this guy. Like, no, nope. Everything's just like I'm gonna force my way into your apartment, old lady, and you're just gonna deal with that because I need something more than I need to explain things to you. And it's just like this yeah. is a strange fucking conversation. It does really feel like any individual conversation that could have been resolved or handled better by a small amount of explanation Literally. does not have that ever. If, if you could solve conflict that the show wants to happen with talking, characters that would normally talk because they're human beings decide not to. I mean, they'll they'll flip their eyebrows at you or whatever. Yeah. Uh, especially or they will talk, but they'll say something really sarcastic. Or make, yeah, make some fucking flipping joke, right? <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. But no, I, I like Future Jade in that like her... I, one thing that I wanted to like, I didn't note here, but I was like, her physicality is very really? evil dead. Like yeah. she reminds me of like a new Bruce oh. Campbell, like every shot that she's in, she's doing this fucking action pose, right? Like yep. using her whole body to yep. like communicate how she's like, she looks like she's constantly bracing for impact, like from shot to shot. <laughs> it's really cool. Any, anytime Jade is either hurt running from something or in a, in a position of danger, she's awesome. Yeah. The actress is so cool. Watching her is just cool. Right. When she's like shooting, when she's like uh, yeah. using a chainsaw, like the way she oh uses a chainsaw, God. it's like she's she's fucking using the entire force of her body yeah. to like yeah. navigate this chainsaw. He it's really good. into that motherfucker. Oh, it's man. So good. Yeah. That her pose when she's revving the chainsaw. Holy shit, Holy dude. Shit. Fucking elbows going straight up to the yeah. ceiling and stuff. I was like, yo. This lady knows how to action pose. Right. 100%. And, and to bolster that, especially in the future, they do this, this kind of um, bloom effect with the lens where they'll hyper focus on the middle of the frame but everything else yep. gets like blurred out to this kind of like cool degree where there would be like really intense conversations where it's just like straight up on jade's face right and she's just like reacting to something like crazily <laughs> and yep. you're like okay wow whoa, whoa, all the space got some wild here. eyes man yeah like just <laughs> yeah. really deliver in that stuff right which is a shame why like everyone else in the future is a lame fucking duck like, uh excuse me um that's a perfect me. segue to the perfect side villain. No, the perfect side Not villain. Fucking Baxter, dude. No, Baxter, the greatest. Do you know what my? Do you know what I wrote here for when Baxter, Baxter first Baxter? appeared? Yeah, I wrote weird pseudo villain. Dot dot dot. Very <laughs> in quotes big personality. I don't get this. <laughs> and then he kept showing up. I have some some uh, notes for Baxter out here too, including Baxter being badass doesn't make him better. Yes, <laughs> that's episode that's four. Very true. <laughs> episode four. Okay, let me tell you. Episode four is a turning point for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, not many of them good, but some of them good. In the let's describe Baxter. Okay, Baxter is a dad. <laughs> um, literally in that he's a, a pet dad. He's got some dogs. Yep. That's uh, that's, makes, that's makes a, a joke that. that they make. He's, they use to great effect. They're, they're very clearly showing you constantly that he's a little bit overweight. They have his shirt like mm -hmm. tucked in. He's got a bit of a belly, but they also establish pretty early that he's a good shot, which I thought was actually interesting. They, sh they show him shooting multiple times and he's not like an idiot who can't shoot. No, he knows. Because I thought he was just like some random umbrella executive that happens to be with a kill squad. But no, he's actually incredibly lethal, which yep. I liked. That was an aspect I liked. I didn't like much about him, but I did like that. And then in episode four, this character we've seen shoot a couple times who's been mainly an antagonist and is sort of a comedy character. He says a lot of, he references SpongeBob once or twice. Yep. He keeps saying like, 
cool and then shooting people he suddenly becomes literally john wick from john wick like this is not an exaggeration <laughs> for which one for he john, does for john actual john wick moves <laughs> he really does though set to, to zombies one of the many inappropriate musical sequences in this show where they they choose exactly the worst possible song for whatever moment it does not matter whatever the moment is the song is wrong for it and they always choose like a pop song in this in this instance it was more of like a kind of a 70s like abba song that he's like gunning down zombies to i, I have a note here for baxter it says uh, baxter's just played wrong like they wanted josh gad but couldn't afford him <laughs> yep it's very real <laughs> which is oh, true you, you remember you remember <laughs> when baxter said that he was the master of unlocking yep i have that here and he too said, and he said it exactly like that which is something no human being would ever say. And they just desperately needed to put it in the script. <laughs> I have another I, note for Baxter because I, I love yep. my Baxter notes. Uh, one oh, is me too. the umbrella stooge is so boring. A buffoon with no menace that does menacing thing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. They, they, they give him lines and actions where you're supposed to be like, oh God, Baxter's here. But they also made him a clown. Yeah. The, the problem is like they wanted somebody who can flip like on a yes. switch, right? Somebody that yes. like looks like they don't, they're not imposing physically in some way. Um, but when they start to act, that is where the genuine menace comes from, where it's like, yeah, oh, this and that, that would have been cool, right? Turn yeah. this, turn this buffoonish looking guy into, and they did, they made him hyper competent, but it's not believable at any point. They didn't change him at all. They just, he's still a buffoon, but he's hyper competent too, which was just weird. It felt weird. I, I have a note here, which is something I did like, even though it involves the music that was playing. And it's because I had subtitles on. There is the line spoken by Baxter. Very simple, very normal. Jade, get behind me. And then immediately what came after that was groovy music. And that's what the music <laughs> That's exactly what happened, yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, what? And he, he busted also, out a red nine, by the way. He uh, did. I, was, I, have, I have the exact note. I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, red nine. This was not the yeah. same episode. No, episode three is where the Hydra showed up in the future part, by the yes. way. And I, I love seeing that as well. Yep. Oh, I have notes. So I have notes for when certain zombies appear. So I have Ep one zombies slash big worm slug thing. Oh, I forgot about the big worm slug, even though it's part Which of the advertising. Cool. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because like apparently BOWs in this are pretty good. Honestly, yeah, right. One of the best parts, like even yeah. the effects are really good. They oh, are they're menacing. And because I guess they spend so much money on them, they're used very sparingly. So even the liquors only get one scene in this entire show. And it's super effective. Super fun. Yeah. yeah. Episode two, we have zombie dogs plus rat. Plus rat. Uh, oh, the little rat. Yeah. Three, we have liquors plus the big old spider. You remember the big old spider? I do with with a really good fucking kill, by the way. Yep. Very uh, good. Split a oh, dude. Man, I didn't right think they were going to go all the way, and they did. Yeah, they, they bifurcated really that dude. really did. So that was supposed to be Black Tiger Yes. Uh, from the first game, which I really like yep. that they... They got him back in there. Episode four, appropriately, RE4 had Dr. Mr. Chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> apparently in the in the lore known as Dr. Salvador, even though there's yep. multiple chainsaw men. Yeah, there are many of them. You <laughs> see them all the fucking time. But hey, that's one guy, apparently. <laughs> all of them. Medical doctors. All a part of the Salvador family. I missed I missed writing what Ep5 and Ep6 had, if they had anything specific. But they seem to be introducing a new zombie type or a new monster each episode. So I feel like they might have. Although one of the episodes is entirely flashback. Yeah, that's your episode um, five. I got a big one. It's Lisa Trevor. Lisa Trevor. Oh yeah, Lisa appearance. Trevor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in a. She's in. That was sick. Honestly, the fact that they did that with mm -hmm. the tapes, that reveal. That's where the show got me back in because I was I was enjoying it, but I was fading a little. Yeah. 
Four and hurt. then they got me, they hooked me back in with that. You know why, um, you know why four hurt so bad? Imagine dragons was used in the soundtrack. Yeah. 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 That's what I did it. Which episode is the one, was it four or five where they started doing the resident evil puzzles? Uh, episode five is where moonlight Sonata was the yeah. piano puzzle. that The girls figure out in the, the Wesker home, which I, I thought, thought that was, was super cute. cool. I thought I, I think was, the puzzles was good. I, I, I thought that they used that to great effect. I was like, this yeah. works. They also made a reference to, I wrote down here, a, an herb garden, which mm-hmm. made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I also made a note in episode five. Billy is very annoying here. Yes, this <laughs> which, is what this is actually continues. that episode is probably where she turns for, to being almost completely unlikable. Yeah. Um, yeah. By that point, like where she's that's where she's gone through her arc like four times now. And, and is like Jesus belittling Christ, Jade, even though she already went through that arc of like, oh, it's the Jade show. Fuck you to like, oh, you're my best sister in the whole world because you're my right. only sister back to fuck you, Jade show, <laughs> which is just like it, it It gets too much where it's like you, you obviously you're turning this character very onerous. Like this character yeah. just has like one thing, one trick. It feels like they had about four episodes worth of content for the past and they had to stretch it out in eight. I even even episode five where like this is, episode five was like the for me was more of a turning point in sure. that I could see all the flaws of the series as clear as day where I yeah. wrote down things like Resident Evil is a teen drama is a weird choice. Billy is annoying. <laughs> Wesker does torture. Well, OK, <laughs> I, I actually like I, I like that I part, actually. Cool. I like that part. Yeah, I thought that was neat. That was my first note for episode five. Torture Wesker? Question mark. Oh, here's a good note. A lot of the show is Wesker reacting to bad lines. Yes, <laughs> including the four chan virgin line. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. <laughs> why? Why isn't the internet pulling that line apart? Because I was like, okay, that's actually bad. That's not good. <laughs> okay, so here, here I'm just gonna read you in yeah, order. Please, please. This, this will be my episode five reactions. Okay, I because. Love it. Because episode five, I liked a lot of, and you will see that. So the first one is, yeah, Torture Wesker. And then I said TV hacking on its fine, at its finest. That's uh, hit character Simon, the sub character, mm-hmm. who is Jade's boyfriend slash love interest, is the best hacker in the history of television slash movies. He hacks Umbrella like five times over the series and is never caught. Which is true, but also his mom is the head of Umbrella. Yes, so like, she is effectively the CEO of Umbrella. <laughs> which I got, I got, honestly, she's one of my favorite parts of the show. I love her. Like, her I name was, really... She was Evelyn, right? That was Evelyn, Evelyn Marcus, who is a daughter yeah, of James Marcus. Marcus. Yeah, she's Marcus's daughter, which was cool. I She has a line where she says, they stole the company from your grandfather and I took it back. I really like that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Evelyn was awesome. The big thing is, though, like, that's a change in the lore in that he wasn't the head of the company yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. However, Spencer did betray his ass. Yeah. She she could have been implying that he no. She could have been. I don't think she ever says they owned it. I think she could have been implying that it should have been theirs. She had mentioned. She actually has a line in that TV interview of like, "Oh yeah, he was the head of the company." Oh, you're that's right. It. She gets interviewed. I forgot about that. Right. But apparently, so, yeah. originally in Resident Evil lore, he was the top virolo- virologist. Help me now, Nick. Help me. Help me virologist? Please. Thank you so much. Researchers of the Umbrella Corporation and a head of its personnel training facility. That That's where RE0 takes place. Yeah. But oh I, yeah, that's true. But it's it's a big jump to go from that to like so like this character like if they wanted to get it right right it could have just been like this is Evelyn Spencer and yeah, it would have done it the same thing. But at the same time, sense. I appreciate that like fine. Yeah, we got a deep cut so, reference nonetheless. So great. <laughs> so episodes one to three are like setting up the show, right? Episode yeah. four is when they go absolutely crazy 
and hog wild on the action. You got Jade with the chainsaw. What's his face with his with his red nines? He has two actually. Yeah, uh, which is a bit crazy, and a bunch of other things. And you reveal some stuff. Episode five is where they go crazy with the fucking Resident Evil references. Mm-hmm. Like they just start dropping them everywhere. They mention William Birkin. They do. They do the Resident Evil puzzles. These are all my notes, right? So TV hacking, William Birkin name drop, Resident Evil puzzles, all in caps with exclamation marks. And then I wrote, unscrew the back of a frame. That's yeah. sick. Because that's yeah. a Resident Evil thing. Piano Very puzzle, big. Moonlight Sonata. Love and then <laughs> teen drama happens and reverses so fast, which is Billy and Jade being <laughs> mad and then not mad immediately afterwards. Yep. Lisa Trevor, Wesker Trenchcoat. I know. And then the final note of the Wesker episode is Wesker said fuck. He did. And we also, somebody asked if the T-virus is anything like COVID. Yes. There's two yes. COVID references in this show. She says, do we have to quarantine? And then Wesker offers, no, it's not like COVID. That's reference <laughs> one, by the way. Reference two is in episode five where somebody oh, goes, really? is that COVID? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, you're like right. The, yeah. When they're talking about T-virus, because it's the first time they mention what the T-virus is. Um, Or at least explain to the girls what the T-virus is. Like, no, it's not like COVID in that it turns people into zombies. Shut up. (laughs) It's a zombie virus. It's It's a zombie virus. So, like... It's it's weird because episode five has like all these callbacks to to the series, you know, proper lore that like would go over anyone's head that hasn't like played the games or maybe even seen the old movies or whatnot. Right. But it is still this thing of like it for me, it encapsulates everything that's just wrong about the show, which is like we're spending too much time with the daughters that have already recycled their drama three times over, like literally in episode three, like three when they go to the skate park or whatever that is. They or is that a four? It's, it's either three or four. What do you mean when they go to the the party? Yeah, when they go to the party. I think that's like five. We we get to that point and we already have the problem between the sisters. Oh and, yeah, they, they they don't like we said before. They literally don't know what they're doing. They they have to stretch that character arc out for both of them for so long, and it's a huge waste of time. And which is wild because there are there are like six plots in the past going on. And theirs is the least interesting one. Got a, we, we haven't mentioned him yet. You've got a reporter, an investigative reporter, who's who discovers over the course of the show that original Raccoon City was nuked. That's a big thing. And so that's that's also a change from the lore. Everyone knew that Raccoon City got nuked. Yeah. They were just like, it had to. Like, well, that's the thing. Umbrella was like gone by 04, which the series couldn't live with that possibility. Nope. <laughs> so they changed that, right? But I do like that Raccoon City was like a big cover up. Like yeah. that's that feels natural to this universe. I, I love the moment where speaking of like the references to old stuff, I love the moment where the kids see the Lisa Trevor bit and they can they can see Wesker there while they can see his back and Mm -hmm. hear his voice. And then she's like, like, what were you doing to that girl? And then he's like, he says that wasn't me. And later we find out it wasn't, in fact, him. That's true. It sounds like a lie. It sounds like that thing you say. It's like, I'm not that person anymore. You know, yeah, he's not actually saying that. He literally isn't that guy. No, he's totally right. True. So let, let, let's let, let this is going to be a big spoiler for people, but let's dive into the how closely this series is to the hit film Multiplicity. Hell yeah! To yeah. <laughs> so the Michael Keaton vehicle Multiplicity. Apparently, they are Wesker clones. They're all the same. They're all Lance Reddick, right? And yep. the show introduces you to at least um, was it three clones, and then OG Wesker. Which, yes. by the way, when Lance Reddick shows up. With a high top and the trench coat and sunglasses, it was okay. one of the most laughable fucking moments yep. I have seen it on television. So funny! It, it was so, so funny. Bad. It was just but, like, but oh you know God. what? Yeah. To be fair, like, so two things going around. People are saying he looks like Blade. That is true. He that, does look I wrote like that. Blade. He looks like Blade. Yep. I wrote that. In here. Absolutely, he looks like Blade. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. 
he also basically looks like re5 wesker it, it, wesker looks like an idiot yeah you no can't make absolutely him look good. you can't it, do that in real life like no, even the old work. the old movies have live action weskers yeah. and it looks stupid every single time that they so do it dumb you can't like, make it look good. And so that's the thing. People are like, oh, but he looks so stupid. And I'm like, no, that's exactly what Wesker looks yeah, like. Yeah, he looks like stupid, what? dude. <laughs> that was actually a perfect representation of that character. He just looks like a fucking idiot. I really wish he didn't come with the trench coat, though. Like, I know yeah, that's like there. Wesker. Like, I wish he looked like, like how he did in RE4, which is like the turtleneck and like the yeah. jacket because he's still all like business and whatnot. But whatever, whatever. I, I like when he's got like the, um, what do you call it? Like the bullet uh, or like the gun holster thing on his shoulders. I like that. Like when oh, he takes yeah. his trench coat out. That's his that mercenaries look. That looks yeah. good. That looks good. I like that. I wish it was something like that. Yeah. So but yeah, like, they, they, they established <laughs> that he was he was skimming umbrella funds basically to have a clones. <laughs> to have clones. <laughs> make his like weird super clone thing. And he put him to work. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> they're, they're all doing science in like a fucking dungeon. And also they uh have accelerated like growth rates where like they became like born to age twenty within like four months. Um, but they all have different personalities. We're introduced to Bert eventually, which is like my favorite version of the Wesker now. The best character in the whole show. <laughs> Bert Wesker, easily. the emotional core of the Resident yeah. Evil universe, right? This man is like dropping like the, this glass half full mentality while having like this very like affable like um, he really is Bert from Bert and Ernie. <laughs> or, or no, no, he's Ernie. He's more Ernie, right? Fucking introduced. Yeah, he's definitely more Ernie. Fucking introduced as either a comic character or a scary, maybe serial killer style villain character and turning out to be both and neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he is scary for an episode because he, he gets on out, right? Yep. And goes directly to the girls because he's mystified by the fact that he's an uncle and that his twin brother or clone brother has children and he meets them in public and he has a weird freak out with the fucking fry tray yep. <laughs> like, he, he, unlimited breadsticks if yeah the bread they're at an olive garden i forgot yeah, he, they told he's he's fascinated by unlimited breadsticks he asks for more unlimited breadsticks for his daughters and then the lady's like well it's one for the table and he says that's a limit he's obliterated by the idea that there's a limit to the unlimited breadsticks and it is the funniest thing i've seen in a long time because he literally so he said he's like so betrayed by the fact that there's a limit it's so funny so th th this does open up the door to one of the elements that i really like about the show that i wish we dug in on and it's almost like it's a problem that we're focusing on the future and the girls more so than this which is well this is a wesker clone dad wesker yeah is a clone and he made he made these daughters he made jade and billy because he needs their blood to survive because his cells are unstable because he's a, clone. a fucking great story which is great and it's it's background it's just background film barely matters yeah it barely matters it is used as a gotcha when the daughters have to be mad at him later on in the show yeah that's what it's for and also the fact that he's degenerating. So there's a couple of times where he almost dies because he doesn't have their blood. But <laughs> yeah, he has some great moments where he's falling on the just, floor. <laughs> it's just so lame because it's such a cool, like, how is that not your past plot structure? These girls finding that out and being like betrayed by it. That even gives them a reason to investigate Umbrella more, like a real reason. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's a version of this show in my mind that focuses more on these elements while still giving you a hint that everything goes completely wrong but yeah. maybe like we use the future as a framing device and not like a literal split in the narrative because it, it doesn't work that way well i agree there's some really cool shit in the future 
we got a really big crocodile. I don't know why that was one of the elements from the games that they said we need to bring this back, but it was pretty cool yep. when he fucking beached. I, I loved it. <laughs> like I was, I was like, that's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. In, in the episode before it shows up, they show you because as part of the the boat, the uh, the university, they've yeah. got it's dragging something. And you can't see what it is, but you can see this dark shape in the water. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then they show you it in the next episode. And then it ends up being a thing in the final episode. And I was like, I was just the whole time since they first showed it, I was waiting. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is it's that like, going to be? What could that be? And what, then you see you it's the gator and you're like, when's that gator getting out? And I want to see it. And it's a pretty hot opening of episode yeah. eight, by the way, when they reveal the oh, gator, yeah. right? Because they, they have this line. It's uh, just like, yeah. yeah, we can control lizards for some reason. And they go, but like, I was thinking about something bigger. <laughs> and then it turns into like Resident Evil. And you're like, oh, shit. That was that was like one of the hottest intros you've had for the yeah. show. <laughs> they, they've got some good stuff, man. That gator, that gator. It's, a, it's the B.O.W. thing. Their monsters in the B.O.W.s are really good. They're really they fucking good. Quite well. Yeah. And like you said, probably because of budget concerns, they don't use them that much. <laughs> right. They come in and they're the highlight of an episode and then they're gone. Right. They're not yep. a whole big fucking drawn out affair. Right. But like there is a version of the show where I think you lean in on like. So the here's the problem. I love Evelyn, but she is the problem yes. in that she removes you from leaning into maybe Wesker perhaps being more of a villain. And you can play with totally the com- complexity of the fact of like, hey, he's not as evil as OG Wesker. He doesn't have like a girl locked up in a in a basement of a fucking mansion in the Arkley Mountains, right? But he is still driving towards something. Like, maybe he is closer in control of the company in some way, you know? That's the crazy thing about the show is that they tell you multiple times, especially at the end of the series, there's, there's a line, I can't remember who says it, but they basically say, somebody says he was, like, that he wasn't a good person, but he, but he cared about his daughters and he wasn't, like, evil, right? But the thing is, He's not actually that bad either. He does no. some bad stuff, but they could have done to make him a lot worse. And I think they should have. I think they lean too heavily on the he's a tortured good guy who doesn't want to be doing this stuff. Sure. And it really hurts the show because, yeah, it forces them to lean into Evelyn as the villain, which splits the narrative even further. It does. And you can clean that up by like, well, Wesker is the CEO. But he's the one yeah. that's like he's driving towards what is obviously going to be the apocalypse, but he still cares about his daughters who are discovering his legacy. That is yeah. your show. And yeah. you have those ingredients in it, but you just fuck it all up with all this extra shit that doesn't you need could, to be there. You can even keep Evelyn as a character and yeah. literally just make her like the head of marketing because mm-hmm. that's what she does in the show. She cares only about the marketability of Umbrella. That's her whole thing. I got to talk, like 90% of it. You, you triggered a, a memory. So like one of the things that I wrote down is like, so this, so like the inciting incident for all of like this Resident Evil series is basically the plot of um, kids in the halls brain candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. couldn't shake it that they even have a boardroom scene where they're like looking at the fucking joy, uh, yeah. the joy, uh, whatever drug, the drug that apparently the, gives you infinite euphoria or whatever. Yeah, it, 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 it in the right dose it basically it it balances out so joy is the crux or it seems it's weird joy is the crux it is of the it past plot line <laughs> yeah. but then they drop it like seven times and bring it back like seven times <laughs> as a key feature right so i actually had forgotten it was an aspect by the time they bring it back in like the last or second last episode because spoilers evelyn is drugging her wife to make her happy yeah because her wife is like almost wanted a divorce and is like depressed and anxious and that's what joy does it it levels you right i wrote puts her in a brain candy coma by the way which is also a plot of that film (laughs) 
Exactly. Oh my god, it's the same fucking it's thing. It's the same thing. Like they just took that element, right? You you have this amazing part where Wesker is supposed to like supposed to like wallpaper over everything that's wrong with it for the board and he doesn't he's like actually this will turn people into zombies and then evelyn's like <laughs> actually it won't because it needs like what's the dosage it needs albert 20, and then albert's Wesker, yeah, he's like twenty thousand times the normal <laughs> amount and then i'm like i'm actually almost on her side then yes like, this is an exactly. over exaggeration dude like that's nobody can do that dude and like that yeah and here's the thing that I feel is dropped with the joy. Like they dropped the joy stuff like a bunch, right? Which is like, it, did it become to be like that is the apocalypse? And unfortunately, season one doesn't even answer that question of whether or not, like, oh, they released a joy because Evelyn was pushing for it because that's what it seemed like what was going on, right? And maybe just people took it before it was supposed to be uh, street dated, right? And they don't even do that. They don't even like play with that notion. And in fact, it feels like they accelerate the plot line with Wesker's to such a finite end that I'm confused how it even happened. It right? is so weird. It feels like when they started writing this show, they had a specific idea of what caused the apocalypse. And then halfway through writing the show, they were like, oh, that doesn't work. We have to change it. That's what it feels like, because joy seems so important. And then by the end of the show, it is no longer important almost at all. Outside nope. of a very small, like the fact that it has the T-virus in it, sure, I guess. But like, joy didn't cause any of these problems directly. It's a zombie dog that caused the problem. <laughs> like a dog they were testing the T-virus on. Like the right. joy specifically, but the T-virus, like that's the problem. And there was there is a thing where like their facility in Tijuana had a zombie outbreak, basically. A, a very yeah. small one, honestly. Like eight people die or something like that. Which is awful, yes. But like comparatively small for like Umbrella. Um, and it's like, we okay, so you, you can't have it two ways. Either, so joy does have the T-virus in it. I get that. Sure. But you can't have it two ways. Either... Joy potentially can turn people into zombies and therefore it is a threat or it can't. And what it, what Wesker is effectively saying in that scene is that it can't, right? Like at the dosage levels they could possibly get, it can't. Now, yeah, like he doesn't set up a stake that says like, but hey, there may be like a one in like 100 chance that somebody yeah. actually becomes instantly infected or something, Exactly. Right? And what they, what, they do, what they do establish though is that Evelyn has a sub thing going on where she's going to be able to mind control people with it. Which, which uh, also almost gets dropped, almost, and then it comes. Quite. It comes back in the very end, and you're like, "Oh, is that it? Okay, it you know." It's back in the most insane reveal that I've seen in a TV show in a long. time. I will. Whenever we're ready, by the way. Yeah, I have so much to say about episode eight. Like if we like I, the last episode, it episode just, eight so is intense. Much. We're we're almost there. We're, okay, we've, we've almost got there. I've got a, I've got a few <laughs> things I want to talk about still. Uh, yeah, going before like like can we can we circle back to of course the the, the Jade show and by that I I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean Billy's insulting of Jade and constantly saying that I mean what I call the Jade show which is Jade's consistent, insane behavior leading to other people's death. <laughs> which she gets called out on, on episode eight. Multiple going like, they're Multiple like, times. Your superpower is getting people killed, dude. Yeah, literally very on the nose. Billy, who is, <laughs> spoilers, a villain. Billy is effectively running Umbrella in the future. Oh, no. Literally on the nose says to Jade, you are a virus. Everybody around you dies. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's kind of a pretty good point, even if it is just like, coincidence and metaphor it's still yeah. right there's a part in what i believe is episode seven six i can't remember where jade discovers after decapitating a mama zombie 
but there's there's a part in the later episode after she's done that in episode four or five or whichever one it was, whichever one where she has the chainsaw. She does science on the head and discovers a way to keep the zombies away. Pheromone control thing with saliva, basically. It's that this specific kind of zombie has developed a gland that allows them to produce this pheromone that controls the zombies. So it either calls them or keeps them away. And she discovers how to do this. And it's amazing. She and another scientist on this amazing superboat that they have have solved have solved the zombie problem. Mm-hmm. And then and then Amrita correctly says, okay, well, we just got to wait a couple weeks to get the go-ahead to do some testing on a real zombie, which they call zeros in the show, by the way. So anybody that gets annoyed by people not calling zombies zombies, this show will annoy you. I do um, like zeros, though. Zeros is a good one. It's Zeros one of the best ones I've ever heard. It's better than like, walkers. Like it almost needs to be incorporated in Resident Evil like lore because like Zeros is pretty fucking good. I'm like, I think yeah, they'll do nice. it. I think yeah. they'll do it at some point. Because like um, to yeah, be so, zeroed out, like you're dead, you're zero. Yeah. Like, it's, it's cool. Like it works. <laughs> it also has the it also has like the ground zero yeah, connotation. Like connotation with it. Yeah. And also for sure. there's at one point somebody does like a countdown clock and they talk about how it's counting down to zero, and the implication is that you will become one when it when it's done. It's very good uh metaphor. Yeah, very well done. That works. Fuck. Anyway. So instead of waiting the two weeks, because they, again, they have solved the zombie problem. They have. Jade immediately gets on a boat, grabs a wa- grabs a zero, brings it onto the, she gets on a small boat, sorry, grabs a zero from underwater. She basically fishes it up, brings it onto the boat, and does science behind everybody's back. Her daughter shows up. She has a daughter, by the way. Her, Her daughter, daughter shows up. B. And she lets her daughter stay in the room as she does an experiment on this zombie. The experiment does work, though the zombie basically can't even see or hear or anything. Her. Oh, yeah, that's another thing we should mention. The zombies, over time, lose their eyesight and their hearing, but they can smell really well. That's how they get people, which is why a pheromone thing would work. Right. doesn't explain why the pheromone zombie needs to screech to emit the pheromone could just emit pheromones and not screech, but whatever. Yeah. Well, I, they imply that it's a combination of like the, the, the pheromone and her spit, which is why she has to scream. Is it like that's, COVID? How they, that's how they solve it. Is it COVID? <laughs> is it COVID? <laughs> she, she has solved it fully. It does work. She's tested it. And then the zombie freaks out, uh, runs out of the room, chasing her daughter and kills the scientist she was working with. Amrita, who she is totally close personal friends with. And that woman is also pregnant. And she's close friends with uh, the husband. Of Amrita as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. The husband tries to shoot <laughs> Jade. Honestly, rightfully, like, I would say, in a moment of pure grief and rage, I think that makes sense. Like, nothing she did made sense other than to, like, well, here's a real answer, right? Like, I always think about this where people go, like, well, why did somebody do something really illogical? And it was, like, because a writer thought it would be, like, entertaining or really raise the stakes. Really bad writing is the answer. But yeah, it's, like, really it's, bad it's not natural to somebody who knows how to handle themselves and knows the danger of zombies at, at a very emotional level, by the way. Apparently knows yeah. the first zombie. Uh, that caused the apocalypse, right? That's her sister. She uh, established very early on that she does have like a savior complex. Like she does need to solve, and not that she needs to solve the problem, but it needs to be her that solves the problem. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that's like it tracks a little, but again, she's just had a conversation at this point with like her her husband, where she's basically said, "I get it. I get that I'm putting people at risk, and my daughter, blah blah. blah I will never do this again." And then she literally does it again. And, I, and sure, people make mistakes. But she does it like seventy thousand times in the show. I, I just, I just want to, I just want to quickly talk about the reason she makes this thing is effectively because her sister, who works for Umbrella, lets her go back to the boat. Effectively, tricks her so that they can put a tracker and find the boat. 
My problem is that what I thought was happening at this point in the show was that Umbrella had let her have the head so that she would science up this answer that they would steal. And that makes sense, right? Like because a cure would be would... profitable. I mean, yeah. uh, Wesker said that to Evelyn years and years ago. Going yeah, like, exactly. like, like imagine how sense. rich we would be if we had a cure to this. <laughs> yeah. And then that isn't what happened at all. They had no, no idea she was going to solve it, uh, and also subsequently create. Uh, effectively what is the raptor gun from the second Jurassic World movie. <laughs> you point at somebody and then the raptor goes to get them. It's the same thing, but for zombies Are and it's a gas. Dropping fucking Fallen Kingdom references in this. That's That's right. See, That's this, right. this, this, this is our comparison point for this Resident Evil show. Like the only like viable media that we can be like that it's close <laughs> Jurassic to. World <laughs> Fallen Jurassic Kingdom World Fallen Kingdom. It's the closest piece of media. Listen, yeah. We're going to upset some worldies on this stream. <laughs> on this podcast. I'm sorry. Worlders. Everybody worlders fallen worlders <laughs> here's here's my we're gonna do a little side podcast here nick sure. um which is kevin puts too much for what is not there i'm working on the title but essentially there is a hint at the personalities of adult jade and adult billy as being extensions of wesker's own kind of ego um, and as we see, we have three different Weskers in the show. One gets shot in the face, so we don't really know what his, his deal was, other than he was affectionately named Albie, <laughs> which is great. I love that it's I love that it's Al, Bert, and Albie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Like our our primary Wesker decided like got to keep the Albert Wesker. I think it's uh, because he's technically pretending to be Albert Wesker. So for the company, like I think they do believe. Like other than. Evelyn, I think they do believe he is Albert Wesker. I don't yeah, actually. I don't know. It's kind of no, no, no. Evelyn knows he's a clone. She says that. Out yeah, loud. you know. Uh, other than her, though, I think she knows, and maybe the upper higher up people. Oh, know, but, but I think like the okay. company doesn't. So I think it's the idea is to like give him an air of like I don't know uh, reasonability. People will listen to him. Gotcha. I have no idea. Maybe he just wanted to be Albert Wesker. Maybe he wanted to be Albert Wesker. But then we got our boy Bert, best Wesker, by the way, best Wesker. Um, like best Western, but. But, it, but it's the same way, especially where you see they, these two end up where uh, Jade becomes like a scientist, just like her dad, and what? is driven driven by the mission, right? Driven by the mission to get like whatever done, but even if it feeds into the fact that it's probably the Jade show. And maybe there's an argument for like it being the Wesker show, right? Like he, yeah. he had his daughters, but they're only alive to keep him alive. And he's still doing the new new Raccoon City whole thing, whatever, right? But then you got Billy, who apparently goes full on OG Wesker, even yeah. even wearing the fucking trench coat. She yep. becomes Umbrella. She is the lead of Umbrella. She is imprisoned. Evelyn she, using she science literally does what Wesker does, which is like forcibly attempt to take control of Umbrella and right. use it for her end, while not overtly saying he's in control. So here's the problem, Nick. Even if this was all intentional writing, and maybe some of it was, the writer forgot in his head, only fans of a fucking Capcom video game would understand would this. Would get this. Yep. Nowhere in the show is it mentioned, like, here's what OG Wesker is like, other than he might have cut off Bert's pinky, which he probably did at yeah. a certain point. And, He's a and also, he can move really fast. They showed us that, too. Oh, I wish they didn't, but they did. You're right. Yep, they sure did. <laughs> and it looked just as horrible as you would think in yep. live action. Yep, <laughs> it was looked, so good. It looked like a TV show quality version yeah. of, uh, of of Super Speed. Sure so, did. And this is the thing where it's like this this show ham fistedly leans into shit like the yeah. the sister drama 
Evelyn's like kind of insecurity about uh, being out of control of things, trying to control her family, leans into these things that are like, yeah, this is easy drama button stuff, right? And for me, I would have leaned in harder on like, well, who do these two people become because they've come from Wesker? And yeah. have that be kind of like, well, that's the thing for this show, right? You didn't yeah. even need to infect Billy to have yeah. her be like, yeah. there is adverse side effects of her being a test tube baby that is using Wesker's clone genes. There's a problem think, there. I think there is, at the core premise of the show, there is a lot of really good stuff, and they just didn't do any of it. And some yeah. of the DNA for that stuff is still there. Some of the bones are still strong. Yeah. But then they just keep fracturing them to do other things. They're like twisting the arm in another direction and they just break one of those really strong bones while they're doing it. Right. It's so weird. I think you are right, though, about that call about the sisters. There's a part earlier, multiple times actually, where people mention what they got from their parents. There's a lot of discussion of like what people take from their parents and like where it came from and blah, blah, blah. And it really does feel like that is what they're going for. But again, yeah, it's not something that is told in the show it's like almost like a it, it's like the red nine it's an easter egg for someone who knows the games but this show also doesn't care about those people a lot of the time no you know no like it, it just it, not to say that it's his disdain for them because i don't think it does i think the references often while some of them are very much like a put a treat in front of a dog so the dog will be happy the liquors the liquors didn't do anything for the plot what they're no there. but they were still cool but they're like i mean cool yeah so, but so are like, let's be honest, most of the time, any monster in a monster movie is just there to be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things like that. Uh, Dr. Mr. Chainsaw, um, the the Red Nines, all the piano, all that stuff is just there as reference. It's there out of love, I think. But they're so opposite from the games in every other way in like their their methodology and storytelling, what they want out of the series, all that stuff that it just it seems very ill-advised. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ill-advised. Ill and sometimes it's almost like playing to the cheap seats, right? Yes. Especially oh, the, fa often, the, the often. family angle is like them trying to be like, this could be for anybody who like stumbling upon it. Cause we need this to be as like marketable as possible. Yeah. Uh, if we want a season two and I want to continue having a job, right? Like that's what people think when they get into these things. <laughs> like we, we got to do that thing. We got to show the family. She's got a daughter. Well, ah. You know, you know, <laughs> you know? Spe speaking of season two, do you want to talk about episode eight? We, yeah, there's, there's two main things I want to get like out, which is episode eight and my idea for a Resident Evil series that this could have Hell been. yeah. So Hell like, yeah. let's, let's talk about, first of all, is there anything else to mind from the previous episodes? Cause like I, I have a, a couple things. I have scattershot shit. Like for instance, the, so episode four, where they get uh, kidnapped by like the, this religious French cult. Yes. Um, my note was like, so there's an underground French people. Kind of like the underground people from Demolition Man. This is all Demolition Man. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Which I'm just like, it, all they did was look at every fuck. Here's the thing. This 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 show is filled with like tropes. Zombie yes. tropes, post-apocalypse tropes, even family tropes. Like it just can't, like it. it is against the ropes with tropes everywhere. <laughs> also, bewildering things I wanted to point out. Um, goat yoga. Yeah, at one point, Evelyn and her wife are doing yoga, and they put a baby goat on Evelyn's back while she's doing yoga. Her wife does not have a goat on her back, by the way. Right. I don't understand. They don't explain it. They don't. We just no. laugh about it like it's normal. Yep. And I got to tell you, it's a, it's a little batshit. It's one of those moments that, like... You could convince somebody it didn't happen if you gave them like some drugs, right? <laughs> like oh, if you yeah. if you watch the show high and they're like, "Do you remember the goat on the on the woman's back?" Like, I, no, 
<laughs> I have a I have a quick thing I, I want to talk about the early episodes. It's not exactly something specific, but I can I can reference it with something specific. In in episode two, Jade, after an event from episode one, wakes up having been effectively saved by this group of scrappers. They have a uh, Mad Max style uh, surrounded wall facility where they're taking apart and putting together like cars and things and scrapping metal and they sell that to local areas. Oh, yeah. Outside, there are a ton of zombies. These people sell her out to Umbrella, which is the first time we we see What's-His-Face, the, the weird pseudo-villain uh, who references Spongebob all the time. Baxter. Baxter, thank you. The, these people all die. One of them gets introduced as a character who might continue with Jade, saves her in a car, is immediately killed by zombies. In a later episode, Jade meets a family. She saves their child. They go through this tunnel where the liquors are. It's actually a really cool part. By the end of that, the father is bifurcated by a spider, and the mom stays with the zombie child to die. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Uh, Jade does not single, does not protest at all. Like the moment that she says, "I'm staying," she's like, "Okay." Side character in this show dies. Yep, it's crazy. It's absurd how how disposable these people are, and it's so obnoxious. And it sucks that it's established so early too. Like literally, episode two. I hate it. I, I want something to be like understood. Andrew, I know you're listening to this. Andrew Dapp. We, we like, we like Andy. some of the things that you did, Andy. Um, but I need to talk to you, Andy. When you kill this many characters and are introducing probably in equal measure, killing, introducing characters every episode, oh, yeah. you remove stakes from your, yep. from your show. Cause like, I don't care about anything. It seems like the main character I should be focusing on, who has the cool uh, physicality and presence, uh, has plot armor. In fact, I did make a note of at the end of the show, which is, if you want somebody to survive a gunshot, shoot them in the belly. Yep. But that's only in TV. If you shot someone in real life in the belly, that is the most painful way that you can kill somebody. Oh, yeah. They're going to either bleed to death or die from sepsis. Yeah. Like, they're going to die. Like, it is a death sentence, but it's a cruel death sentence. Yeah. She needs medical attention immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but in a TV show, it's like, we're saying that this is a big turning point in the story, but they're going to come back. (laughs) Getting shot in the stomach (laughs) is like being shot in the shoulder in real life, but it's more dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's essentially what happened there. Although I okay, so there's a few things that I really do like that are scattershot here, which is um I think the show gets the ingredients right for what we really care about a Resident Evil adaptation, which is umbrella as a presence, as a analog for corporate America, for overreach, oh, yeah. for greed. That Hell works. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um and then all of the kind of allusions to like it being like other companies, like, oh, there's a line that says like umbrella shady, like facebook shady <laughs> yeah <laughs> which yeah, is yeah, yeah. really funny but also like yeah that's kind of where we're living right like you'd probably laugh off like a like an e-commerce company uh leading the world to desolation but it's like that's actually Absolutely. too true it's, yeah we're in the process of that stuff happening right now right so i i really like the kind of like umbrella is this entity that can fit whatever adaptation because uh, yeah. we all relate to this idea of being afraid of a company that has too much power and too much oversight over us. I think one of the day. things about Umbrella in this show that I really liked was that it felt like a real company. Yeah. Like, it, it, there was nothing – It's the people involved are goofy, but there was nothing really goofy about the company. It had a Google city or an Amazon city. Yeah. It, it Creepy. Was, it bottom, cared about the bottom line, uh, all about media representation, sweep things under the cover – have a under the covers have a have a really good like put a good face on something and you can sell anything it was so real and it's super on the nose and i guess i'm sure people will look at it and be like oh god their umbrella was so stupid and cringy in this and it's like 
I know. I mean, that's just a real company, man. Yeah, it's pretty on the nose. The only reason that they're out in uh, South Africa, apparently, is for tax breaks. <laughs> I love I love that the interview we see with Evelyn is this puff piece interview that she gets to give. Clearly, that was the mm-hmm. deal. Yep. Right. Like it wasn't journalism. It was like, we're going to let this corporate leader say whatever she wants and make her look good. That was great. All right. Episode fucking eight. Yep. <laughs> Episode motherfucking eight uh, yep. begins with croc reveal. Good shit. Um, Very cool. One big note that I have on the, on the subject of Evelyn, her manipulation is like world class. Like so good. She has a moment with Albert where she is both talking or sorry, Bert. She's yeah. both talking down to him, but also talking at his wavelength at the same time. Yep. Like she's, she's leading him, she's, but it's amazing. Every Everything she's doing is like, yeah, it's make him do exactly what she wants, but it's also it, to him, it feels uplifting. Yeah. It's wild. It's yeah, wild. She's absolutely. so good. The actress is so good at playing this character. Really, there are really multiple good. times where she's talking to her son or her wife, where for a brief moment, you can see humanity, but you're also still not sure. You're like, is this also fake? I don't know. Yeah. You're like, like you don't even know how sure she is about what's going on. Right. Cause she obviously has like, um, uh, especially in episode eight, they show like her moments of like, you know, kind of faltering for, Oh, she's incredibly unstable. Yeah. Like watching, watching like the things that she did and realizing like, Oh, this went wrong. Like her, cause her wife is like quaaluded up like, uh, and Simon and Jade notice, and she ends up like cutting herself while she's cooking, cooking a meal for no one, by the way, in the middle of the night. Like she says, Oh yeah, this, this is uh, your mom's favorite. Uh, and Simon's like, we just had this. Yeah. Yeah. He says, we just had this last night and mom's not here. <laughs> yeah. She's that like, was a great huh? scene. Honestly, it's like, really that's, good. That's creepy as hell. Like right. it was really well done. I wish they did more stuff like that. Honestly, I know it would have been really interesting. Like if the show was more about ev- like the different workers of umbrella Yeah, and you know, different people going through these phases and like different imagine, like dependencies that go really imagine wrong. Imagine instead of the, the hopping back and forth to the future and past all the time, we had focus feature episodes on different key umbrella characters. You get to see a day in their life kind of thing. Right. Right. Holy Maybe crap. it's all like leading to something. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Something, anyway. something like that because the show didn't lead to anything, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, another big no. Yeah. See, as I got to the last episode, I was just writing notes about like something that it could be. Right. Cause yeah. I was like, oh, this daughter stuff would work better in a different show. Wesker leading a double life. And maybe is like, maybe someone like his wife learning about it would have been a more interesting show. Like, sure. Hey, do I really know the person I married kind of situation? Like would have been perhaps a little more interesting than like angsty daughters getting super angsty um, for literally eight straight episodes. I really did not think they would drag it out that long. They did. Yep. But, I kept waiting for yep. something to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, we have this big old action set piece in the future where Billy confronts uh, Jade or however you want to look at it. Jade versus Billy Jade. Like you said before uses, a vial of stink to attract all the zeros in the mountainside of Ireland. I don't know where they, (laughs) they're just like, they're out in the moors. (laughs) Say it very briefly, but I have no clue. It's London. Apparently it's fucking supposed to actually be London. Yeah. Like where she starts a show is London, but I think she like moves throughout England, but it's supposed to be England. They wouldn't have gone that far off the coast. Right. Yeah. So all of these fucking zombies are coming on in, but Billy quickly flips script by going, Hey, could three drones take out every zombie in the nation? And the answer is yes. Who would win 10 billion zombies (laughs) or three droney boys? (laughs) God, it's so funny. The answer may shock you. Really? Like, so you, you have Billy with her huge trench coat and her iPad with the drones shooting a bunch of snarling zombies, broad daylight, 
in yeah. the moors of England, and then super umbrella squad, like SS squad style from the future, looking like kill zone, hell gas motherfuckers, right? future guns and i thought to myself this must be what it feels like for somebody to like walk in on like season six of stargate and yeah. just like oh, not understand yeah, that like, was okay <laughs> this is not a joke and we have not rehearsed this beforehand one of my notes was this is a stargate episode <laughs> yeah that was my first thought i was yeah. like this is straight up start they went to the wrong world <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they're trying to get they're holding off while the gates are trying to dial exactly yeah like it, like all oh, the, the stakes are just like escalating they need to get to get through the fucking gate dude i think whoever designed this concluding moment of this episode i think there are two things that are wrong with it one of them is that this sequence starts in the previous episode so like the the whole yeah. the zombies are coming which takes a lot of the tension away from episode eight because Cause, cause that's where happening. it concludes yeah it's yeah really so dumb. like the tension is cut completely but the other problem i have with it is whoever did this really thought the idea of a revolving camera around a woman who's just like swiping on an ipad was dramatic <laughs> Because it's really not. <laughs> they really thought it was a strong visual. And she's giving like death stare eyes. She looks yeah. insane. And her drones kill some of her men at a couple points, showing you that she doesn't care about human life. But we already knew that. So it doesn't matter. Yep. It was weird, man. That was. But you know what we can't forget, though? The fact that? that Evelyn is still alive, hasn't aged a day, but we find out is in fact being controlled by Billy via that iPad. And she's apparently on like a drug cocktail of like 50 drugs. And by controlled by, I mean, she can physically and mentally control her. Yep. Make her dance. She in can fact. make her dance. I think that's really funny. She can make her sing. She yeah. can make her say things. But also Evelyn, as evidence later, can also speak on her own. I want to know how she makes her say things. The, the, she just swipes on the ipad dude yeah right there's a whole app but that there's also an makes app. her physically move yeah it's a, it's incredible it's like a, maybe like, she's got like a little rig like a wireframe rig and she's moving it around i think it's more of um more of like a rhythm game oh yeah <laughs> that she's it's playing like, yeah, it's like beat saber she's playing beat right, saber but with the body <laughs> that okay this reveal Horrific. I got to say, this reveal is, I think it happens in episode seven. Yeah. It's the most insane thing that the show could have done because there's no indication that Billy is controlling Evelyn at all. In fact, Evelyn has a conversation in the previous episode or the previous sequence with someone. She seems like Evelyn. She's talking like her. Her motivations sound like her. It's totally normal, whatever. And then the sequence where Jade meets her, she walks into a dark room Evelyn is there, and then Evelyn starts singing a pop song and dancing. That's all true. What th This truth is truth. And then Billy walks in, and she's like, ha I can control her, LOL. And you're just like, what the fuck just you, happened? You know, it. I have two other moments in this episode alone that yeah. are in the race for the most batshit fucking thing that the show has sure. done. Sure. My favorite being uh, Jade's daughter, for some reason, leaves the safety of the university to go on like a mission yeah, and gets so, in harm's way of crocodile uber croc. So earlier Jade tells her daughter that if anything goes wrong, I have a bug out bag for you under the bed. You have to do blah and do it right. 
there is no indication that everything is going wrong when she leaves. Right. They're in danger, but not enough that you would do it. Maybe she's a kid, she's stupid, but the problem is Jade tells her there's a contingent part to it, which is you have to try to take your father. And then she says, if he says no, you have to go on your own. The daughter never tries to interact with her dad. It makes no sense. She just fucking leaves the boat for drama reasons. There's another element that I like. I was genuinely both surprised and unsurprised by within the moment that I knew it was about to happen, which is Evelyn shoots her son, Simon in the fucking face, in the face, right through the eye, right through the eye. Uh, horrific, horrific child death. I assume he's like a teen and and this is post Billy biting him. So he's obviously infected with T virus. He's going to, he has three days to kind of rock through, uh, zombie itch. Right. But Wesker's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I can fix this. Just, you know, let my daughters go. And there's this moment where I was thinking like, okay, that seems like a bartering chip. And then I was like, oh, wait, they gave Evelyn a gun at the start of the scene. Yep. <laughs> like she's that was my use first it. thought. Yeah. She's going to use it on somebody, literally yep. anybody. And she literally anybody was the name of the game because she used it on her son. And I was I like, I thought what she was going to do was like shoot one of the Wesker twins yeah. instead and be like, you don't have any power over me. You have to save him or they'll die. Right. Something like that. Right. But no, I mean, it's possible she just doesn't believe him. Yeah. Or um, she doesn't think there's any cure for the T-virus, which... That's what yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. she doesn't believe that he can do it. Right. Uh, which is quite possible. Maybe he's lying. I would have liked it better if this was one of those, like, if she's just evil enough or, like, or megalomaniacal enough that she just can't deal with the fact that somebody has something over her like that. It's like, kill my weakness kind of thing. But she's yeah. not that character. So no. it doesn't work. No, that because her be weakness it. is her family. She yeah. actually loves her son and she loves her wife. She's just manipulative and crazy. So that's why I thought it was just such a jump for the character. Weird. Cause I was like, you did, so weird. you've already done so much to make me believe that. Yeah. This is a person that is villainous that would yeah. choose like, you know, uh, whatever greedy evil choice over like the sanctity of others. But like the thing about this type of character is that they have emotion, like emotional cruxes, like with like, this is my son. This is my wife. I want that more than ever. This is the thing yep. that makes me feel grounded or whatever. And she was like, nah, I just shot my son. There is no reason to believe that this woman, that Evelyn would not think she could have her cake and eat it too in this situation. Right. She would totally believe that she could force Wesker to fix her kid and then still get what she wants. There's no reason to not think so. Right. Like do what you did uh, to Billy, to my son. Cause she obviously yeah. her cells aren't getting T virus out. So you do yeah. that. Nope. Just shoot him. Just it's, shoot him. It's crazy too, because later on Wesker has a line where it's like, you killed your son. And then she's like, I was, I, you know what was happening. I was putting him out of his misery. I was saving him from a horrible fate. And it's like, he said he could cure him. Yeah. To your face. Like, literally. And at no point does she say, I don't believe you, or that was a lie. Like, they, <laughs> they don't cover the fact no. that he said, I have a solution for you. And she said, so do I. It's shooting my son in the face. <laughs> it was so weird. It's, yeah. it's the worst thing they did to the character. Because other than that, Absolutely. I really liked her a lot. Even, even mind-controlled Evelyn has a snarky line to Billy at some point. Mm-hmm. When she's she's barely in control of herself. She basically, Billy says, a lot of people are going to die. You might be one of them. And then Evelyn says something like, you're not going to let me die. You're nothing without me. Right. And I and, really like, and it's this thing where it's like the character is so strong and the, and yeah. the actor portraying the character is so strong oh, that God, you genuinely believe even with having like all the cards on the table that she might actually have like a way out of this situation because she's 100%. that good. Right. 100%. Like such a good character that you just do not fuck with. Right. But I, I, yeah, just ugh, 
that, wild. That it's, it's one of the many just crazy decisions that occur in the it was a it was a Jade decision, but given to a different character. Not yep. that Jade would shoot her daughter, but like a decision that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Where the character does something and you're like, but why? And the answer is drama. By the way, there's there's there is one part where uh where Bert tries to explain that he's a clone oh, to Simon. Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, you're clones. And he goes, and all he does is the silent thumbs up. And I gotta tell you, seeing Lance Reddick have like the most fun playing Bert yeah. over oh, Albert Wesker, that that like that made it. Like that was like all right. You could tell that Lance Reddick was having a fucking blast on the show. <laughs> yeah. I think he was probably even having fun playing Wesker. Like yeah. I, I think he was having a great time. It feels like it. Like maybe he understood. He's like, I'm probably the best part of the show. Oh, he knew. He knew. I'm sure that I'm sure the people in charge told him that. Yeah. Like we don't have really that many other, you know, big name people. So you're going to own this show. And he's like, yes. (laughs) So I, 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 I guess I got to the end and there's a few notes that just have like straight up question marks at the end of it. Um, one of them is, so is the lesson you should have killed your sister. When she started going super zombie, yeah, <laughs> like, like sort of, what is right? the moral here? <laughs> That's the problem with the structure of the show is there this there is no narrative arc finished because this is a season that wants another season. If they had decided to make this a single story, we would have a lesson or something, a takeaway. Right. But there isn't one because they're they're trying to cliffhanger you, right? They're, they're like, if you want a resolution to the drama tune into season two that we'll probably never get. And that feels like a huge, huge mistake because this show should have done two things, which is should have, um, even if we do continue to have like a Jade versus Billy war, which is like, again, the, the moment that she like tricked Billy or sorry, tricked, uh, Jade and thinking like, Hey, I chose umbrella, but I just wanted to see you again for one last time, but actually bugged her head. (laughs) Um, I almost thought that the show was dropping any potential, for her to actually oh, be yeah. a villain. And I was like, oh no. Cause I was I was so mistrustful of the writing that I was like, well, that's an easy get right there. That's an easy drama get. You should do that. Just to do it. Right? Yeah. Cause otherwise we don't we don't have an entity within Umbrella to like care about anymore. Um, or at least we assumed up until the point because we haven't seen Evelyn. So when they did that, I was like, okay, you, you're, you're competent. But the thing is they drop that and say, hey, we're going to do this even more in season two. And I was just like, no, you don't. You should wrap this up in some way. You should wrap yeah, up I mean, their you conflict. Even, you don't even have to. You don't even have to. You don't have to kill Billy. You don't have to nope. kill Jade. You don't even have to say that they're, they're concluded their thing. But what you have to do is have a conclusion. Right. To what Some what kind. began to, in it, the episodes in the past, what you were setting up, and what does it mean for the future? That's and I, I think I think they think they do right. I think they think that because the conclusion effectively of the show is Billy realizes that Jade's daughter is effectively immune to not necessarily the zombies, but at least the BOWs. The big crocodile walks up to her, sees her, smells her, and then just sits down next to her like a pet. <laughs> yep. Um, which was actually, uh, honestly, a pretty nice shot. I liked that. I thought that was pretty cool. And then it gets shot by like 17 rockets and exploded into a million pieces, <laughs> yep. uh, which is pretty funny. And then so Billy somehow notices this from a helicopter that's like really far away. She somehow sees its relationship to the girl. I don't know how, but she sure did. Comes down to get the girl, thinking there's some sort of science she can use her for. Jade basically says, take me, just leave my kid. And then Billy says, I don't need you anymore. Shoots her in the belly and steals her daughter, right? So the obviously season two is Jade has to get her daughter back. Mm-hmm. And it will be Billy trying to indoctrinate her daughter against her and basically be new, better mom. Or we'll just be doing evil mad science on her. Either Whatever. way. Whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. Whichever. They think that's a conclusion. 
The problem is that's not a conclusion to a narrative arc that was happening in this show. It was something that was introduced in the final episode, basically. That the conflict of the daughter, the conflict of like one of them needing the other. Like they they really weren't doing that. And then the worst part is that that's not the end of the show. The end of the show is a flashback to the past again with the two of them being on sort of rocky ground as kids, but still together and uh-huh. still not showing us how the outbreak happened. Yep. That was the second thing and that I was like, you needed to resolve that. And name dropping not only Ada Wong, but also like three, Billy mentions in the future, three other names of people we haven't seen yet. She mentions Bert and then two other names of people yeah. that Jade apparently gets killed. Hiroki and someone else. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, and okay. the, so they're, they're like calling forward to the Japanese arc. They're going to Japan. Yeah, the arc of Japan. They're right. going to see Ada, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and say, but like, do you know what the worst part of that is? We know that Jade is just going to keep being Jade. Yeah. <laughs> She's just going to, like, in the past, she's going to get more people killed, and we're going to have a whole nother season of Jade and Billy arguing about things and drifting further apart slightly over time. God. What are we doing here? Like, what is God. happening? They may- So here, here, yeah. So the fact that you don't answer how the outbreak happened, fucking awful. The fact that you Well, don't- I mean, they, they might have. The, the final thing that happens in the past is you see the arm of the- uh, the, oh, uh, the tyrant uh, jump the tyrant out. Pops out of, yeah, so that's another thing we should the tyrant's mention. tyrant's just a guy. In the final episode, <laughs> yeah. in the final fucking episode, or maybe the second last episode, Evan, Evelyn turns to Bert and is basically like, hey, I have another project for you. And out of nowhere, they're like, she's making a tyrant. And there's what no indication as to her? why. Because the whole time she's been talking about making billions of dollars on trillions joy. Trillions of dollars, by the trillions, way. Trillions, sorry, good point. I mentioned good point. trillions. She changed it up, trillions. She did say that then, out loud. <laughs> and then out of nowhere... They're just, mm. they show you the tyrant. The only other time you see it before it bursts its hand out of, out of a like rubble because Albert blows up the lab. He, he kills himself in theory, but doesn't because also they Billy mention a bunch of times tells Jade that he's, that he's since died. Right. Which is again, another writing mistake that yellow jackets avoids. Cause they yep. leave things very ambiguous about like who survives, who doesn't. And I mean, um, now the question, now the question is, how did he survive that rock, that explosion? Because apparently he was alive in the future for like a while. Rolled over under a desk yeah, or something. He, he, like he it's going it's it's to be a scene where like literally the blast, like somehow throws a trench coat over his body that happens to protect him. <laughs> they, the crazy thing is during that ending conclusion bit, they show the power basically going down or getting locked down in the umbrella facility. And then they show you the tyrant waking up in its test tube. And then you don't see it again until its arm bursts out of the rubble. And it's like, <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? Show? What a shitty like, test tube, you... by the way. Awful. <laughs> Awful. Like fucking broke under that? What? Yeah. Nah. God, it's so like, on, are they bro. trying to tell me that's the outbreak? Are they trying to tell me that's going to be a subplot in the next season? Are they trying to just say, hey, look, we showed you one more Resident Evil thing. So you better tune in to our weird show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and you know what yeah it's still probably actually the best piece of resident evil media outside of the games it really hurts that this might be true like because i go through i like i'm I'm doing like the the gymnastics of my head of returning to the site of each of these resident evil films that paul ws anderson decided to curse upon the world after making a pact with satan in order to marry a very very hot actor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep <laughs> and he unleashed this pain upon us and i think to myself well, well all of those stories are just really stupid but at least they're self-contained 
Yeah, they're not they're not like uh, hurting anybody else. Yeah, this is the fucking G virus of adaptations of it Resident really Evil. It really is. Like it keeps on mutating. It doesn't. It's not going to stay in one form. It's not going to satisfy. It's going to keep so on being excited. a blob. I'm so excited for season two. I want it to come out. I do. I, I do. I do to too. I need. I need something. <laughs> I'm so excited for it to be tonally completely different from season one. Yeah. Like not even. Not even vaguely similar. I want them to do. I want them to do the. Um, what the hell is his name? The guy who made Justice League. Oh, the Snyder. Zack Snyder. I want them to do the Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, but for their own show, where they listen to every piece of fan feedback and change every single thing about their show right. based on every piece of feedback to make right. this. It'll like, be in one theoretically time better, on. <laughs> but horrifying Frankenstein monster of a show that makes yeah, no sense. Absolutely. Because we're already basically there. It's already a Frankenstein monster of a show that makes almost no sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's two shows. Weird two shows. That sometimes overlap. I have a question for you. So like assuming this is at least close to the best piece of non-game media they produce, maybe outside of some of the books, at least televised media, let's say. Sure. Is this better than the one good Paul W.S. Anderson Resident Evil movie? Extinction. That we both agree is quite good. Extinction, yeah. Which isn't like great, but is really entertaining. It's... uh, Is this better than that? It's not great. Um, I uh, think it is because of uh, the Albert Wesker performance alone. Mm, yeah yeah i'm gonna give it to this i think this is a little more interesting yeah in what it's doing um it's not as, do you know what's do you know what the movie isn't though not as boring as this show because this show is boring a lot of the time hang on i'm also looking up the rotten tomatoes for welcome to raccoon city to figure out where we're at okay people sure. agree that this is better because that got a 30 <laughs> percent. yeah i think there is a i yeah. think there is definitely a subset of the fans that hate this movie so all the fans or so that hate the show so every single fan um, yeah. I think there's a subset of them that think this is worse than that movie, but I think most of them are still saying the movie is worse than this. I would agree that the movie is probably worse than this. I, yeah, I, I, I think it's worse probably. than this by a significant margin, actually. Pretty. I don't think it's close. <laughs> I think the thing is, I, I think the visual tone of Welcome to Raccoon City is like what fans have been craving for a long time, sure. but they got literally sure. nothing else right. Whereas yeah. this doesn't even match any of the visual tones of the of the games. It doesn't try to, but I kind of yeah. like that for what it is because like the story it's trying to tell, I'm like, mm, that fits like the, so in the games, the like the S-suite umbrella is called White Umbrella. And I I think we finally got like a look into what White Umbrella operates like with Evelyn and all that shit. And I was like, this is really cool that they would want the fanciest shit. They would, of course, live in these fucking like pop up suburbs, Um, like all of this press. You want Mm -hmm. your you want your employees to be so happy. Right. Like happy to come to work because it's a great place to work. They go to the best school. Their kids go to the best school. Right. Like, yeah, all that shit. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what it would be like. And then your counterpoint would be, but look at all the consequence of that, which is like fucking this horrible Mad Max universe (laughs) that occurs after it, which I'm just like, okay, I I like the visual quality of the show. In fact, I think it's probably one of the strongest elements that the show knows how to film shit, even the boring teenage stuff. (laughs) I will say it fucks it up a few times. They Mm. do a bit too much slow-mo speed up and also a bit too much of the, I'm going to make something really bright, bright to show you that it is either sterile or eerie. Yeah. Yeah. They just do shine light in your face to be like, this is either a sterile lab environment or it's eerie. But like in general, I think they even by the final episode, I think they were even starting to get the um, the hallucination kind of sequences right. Billy actually has some good hallucinations. Yeah, with the camera like doing the upturning and like yeah. going completely upside down, going through like the red hallway. Yeah, that, that was very cool. That stuff was very cool. And I wish there was maybe like you just gave me that at the beginning of Billy's arc yep. instead of like instead of instead of having that. really bad 
hallucinations. They kept they kept telling you in the story, the narrative, people kept asking Billy, because like people that know what the symptoms of the T virus are, are you having hallucinations? And she would say yes, but there was like no indication in the show that that was true. She was definitely having sort of having auditory hallucinations. But like well, the visual she... language for hallucinations are often very different from the visual language to flashbacks. So I just thought she was having flashbacks to mm. like the dog, the bitter and stuff like that. Because that's what it looked like. Yeah, exactly. She was having a flashback. Although she very early on, I think like episode two or three when she was like staying at home, probably two, they aped the visuals from Resident Evil 3 remake when Jill yes. Uh, the, gets infected. The mirror, yeah, the mirror sees herself as a zombie in the mirror. So that was like, okay, well, yeah, you're you're actually flipping. That one's out. cool. But I don't understand why you would hallucinate you becoming a zombie because you don't know that's happening. But whatever. Understand that it's maybe subconsciously her body recognizes <laughs> the T virus and her that's natural state of a zombie. It's gotta be it. Recognizes God. that T. I gotta talk to you about the the like the this happened to me in episode like seven and eight where I was like, I got a better pitch for a Resident Evil show. Yeah, I'm sorry, what... Andy. I'm so. <laughs> Sorry, but I got to take your fucking, I got to eat your lunch today. So I was thinking about it. I think they have the right ingredients. We were talking about it, right? Like Umbrella, always yep. going to be a relatable like antagonist. Um, we've hated corporations since Wayland, you know, like <laughs> it's just a thing. Um, but, you know, I, I kept on thinking about like, I like, I like the idea of cover-ups. I like this idea of like, you know, being on the scene of the incident. And that's what was frustrating about the show because it told you something big happened and ruined the world, but you didn't get to live through it. You're just living through this weird, really personal drama that yep. mostly focus on sisters um, running around and breaking through firewalls to talk to people. So you know, just not great. So my idea for a show would be something along the lines of Chernobyl. The sure. idea is you'd go back to Raccoon City. Maybe it's a new outbreak, but I think Raccoon City is probably the best to do it. But instead of it being about people showing up on the scene like Leon and Claire after the fact, you are right there with umbrella people. You're right there with like a like the different individuals that were responsible for this incident. And you go through the start, middle, and end of this outbreak that fucking ruins everything, right? You can do a whole series drama about this where things seem, and you could use a framing device too of like, maybe you start the series as like, here is a fucking smoking crater in the ground. And then it's like, all right, let's work our way backwards to how that happened that way. And you could still I do the Wesker that. stuff, right? Yeah, like I you, love that. Yeah, you could still have it be Wesker, but like you can have it more about like, so how did this laboratory work when it was like fully up and running? What is Umbrella really doing? How did the people find out about it? You can even have like um, how that one character, Ben Bertolucci was like reporting and trying to like break a big case on umbrella. So you have these different planes of actions of figuring out like you're at the precipice of disaster and all these people know it. <laughs> right. And you keep on evolving that and even go through where it's like, okay, you maybe you stretch it out to two seasons and be like one season is like, we work all the way up to the night of the outbreak and season two is the outbreak. And then, like, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Like, that's your Resident Evil so series. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you want to, if you want like this to lean into the whole idea of like the how, right? Because they right. clearly care about that. Absolutely. Like you, and and just having it where you could have it, you could still do some family drama in there, right? You could still do like, even if you wanted to do that funny, hey, in the future everything gets completely fucked up, and this is only like one city kind of thing. Um, go ahead, go go nuts, but literally yeah. you need to do. I think the fifty fifty split in the show sucks. I think it needs I to totally be agree. more like eighty twenty if you're going to do, do it at all. Do you know what this show feels like? Like I, we mentioned earlier, it feels like two different shows, right? But like it feels like 
one of these shows uh, not not that they are tonally like this but it feels like one of these shows is the walking dead and the other one is fear the walking dead but then they just jam them into the same show yep. instead of having because it feels like the future stuff is like a spin-off mm-hmm. it feels like the future stuff is a spin-off of the show that you're talking about but like at the end maybe they can't contain it or whatever they do whatever they want right. to, to get there but like it's not the same show it feels like these are two completely different shows that they just decided to smash together to the huge detriment of both of them. It all it does is serve the frustrate. Yep. <laughs> right? Cuz like I can see I can see there's elements in the show that I think really really work and I want them to just double down on those elements and the show just frustratingly does not cuz it thinks honestly it thinks the most important thing that the show has is the sister relationship and they're completely wrong. It feels like there is a split decision somewhere in the uh, like the the leadership of of the team making this show where some people really, really want to be telling. I, I do honestly believe some people really want to be telling an interesting Resident Evil story because I do think there is a lot of love and attention that went into some of the monsters to the the Wesker idea and actually integrating that into the timeline. Like it makes sense, even though it's a bit wacky. Like it, it does feel like some people care a lot about that. And then there's another part of the team that believes they have to make a show that functions without any connection to Resident Evil at all. And it's the idea, of course, being having the biggest net to catch the biggest audience, right? And the easiest way they thought to do that was to have a weird young adult story with drama. And those things do not connect. No. And they don't help each other in any way. And then you also have this like third aspect, which is the future stuff, which doesn't feel like any of it it doesn't feel like it has much of a connection to resident evil except through reference it doesn't feel like it has much of a connection to even their sisterly drama stuff i know it sort of does but not really Mm -hmm. it's really weird well the problem is it's not earned like it's not earned because even if you know yeah sure young billy really fucking annoying by the like the last time we see her but she's still like a victim and we don't get to that. I like, feel. I felt honestly. I di- I didn't like her by the end of the show, but I still felt really bad for her in that exactly. final moment where she's trying to hold her sister's hand, basically. Right. And we don't have that turning point where they finally have a moment of like we no. like we are against each other or we're like morally opposed to what we're trying to do, which feels like that's how you earn that rivalry in the future, and totally. that never happens because <laughs> it's obviously they, season two fodder. Here's a key problem, and basically two different solutions that are the same solution. The key problem is that this show is not a single season show. It was not built to be a narrative arc of a single season, which means that all of the stuff they're building to doesn't end up working, right? Like the tension is never fully resolved. None of the payoffs really work. You get payoffs for things you didn't even know mattered. New things show up, blah, blah, blah. I feel like the way this narrative arc works, if you want this to be multiple seasons, have this show be almost nothing Uh, don't have billy in the future almost at all if you need to reveal her that should be the cliffhanger reveal of the season that she's even there have jade think she's dead yeah 100 percent. and then have the final moment of the show revealing that they both escaped the lab you could even have a moment where it looked like evelyn was going to shoot her or something right or or that she's going to be like the, the ground zero for zombie right anything like that and then the final moment you reveal she's still alive, she isn't a zombie, you can still have that final moment where they're leaving Umbrella and she's not dead. And then there's a mystery. How did that happen? I'm interested in that. And you could have had, an, and because she's not in the future segments, you could have had a full narrative arc for what you were doing instead. Focus on Wesker, focus on that whole thing, more on Evelyn, all that stuff. And then season two can be the sister battle arc, right? 
there's no room for it in season one. It takes up half the show, but there's no room for it. And then, like you say, it's not earned at all. You get to the end of the flashback sequences and they're shaky, but they're still sisters. And so you're just mm-hmm. like, there's no connection. And like we mentioned really early on and multiple times, if you're doing flashback flash forward, you need to have connections to your scenes. Yep. Absolutely. Right? They can't just be things that happen because you want to show them. Yep. For some so it's either, it's either the two solutions are either do it like that, where Billy's the cliffhanger reveal of the end of the season. She's basically has nothing to do with it until then. Or it's a single season arc. Don't oh. set up for a second season. Almost everything wrong with this show outside of tonal problems happens because they're trying to bait a second season. It, it's so obvious, too. Like, I remember getting yep. to episode seven. I was just like, I don't think we're going to be able to land this. I was so <laughs> upset when I realized that it wasn't going to get concluded. Because, yeah. again, I, I mentioned earlier... I actually had fun in the show. I think it's I think it's bad in a lot of ways, but overall I did enjoy myself. But my feeling when the show ended was emptiness. Yeah. I felt hollow. I think because it, it just didn't end. It expanded all of its goodwill by episode four. And then when yep. we get again, like for me, like we get episode five, I'm like, yeah, you're doing the Moonlight Sonata, but like cool Jesus, references, but there's nothing in the show left to make me feel much. Yeah. Every once in a while you get me like, again, the, the, the gator showed up. I thought that was sick. I got to see the, the, I like the Wesker clones. Honestly, um, (laughs) Reddick's acting got better as the show went on, which was helpful because Mm. he got to do more. He got to be more than one character. That was cool, but it doesn't save the fact that the show itself was kind of soulless. It just makes me kind of wonder. Like I, I I saw somebody um, tweeting about this too, going the problem with some adaptations or like that they've seen as of late especially like streaming adaptations um they're just racing to have ip that's recognizable while just like filling it with whatever right whatever we can put together under a reasonable budget and we don't care how faithful it is we don't necessarily like we don't have to care we just did the right steal (laughs) that's all we really care about right 100 percent. and it's and it loses this viability because it's like well all you're doing is kind of damaging both the reputation of the brand and your reputation by making such a soulless product i had fun with it I don't yeah. think it's a good show. It definitely no. it definitely got kicked out of the idea of being good by like the halfway point for me. Yeah. But I think it also hurts like the next time that they try to announce some I think today, for instance, they announced they want to do a live action Yu Yu Hack a show. That's gonna be Yu Yu Hack shit. I know I mean, it well, right off the but bat. Let's, but let's be fair. Let's be fair. Cowboy Bebop is the reason nobody's gonna trust that show. Not oh, this one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that Absolutely show was doomed true. from a while ago. Also, I'm kind of confused yeah, no, why yeah. they keep on doubling down on that though. Like Cowboy it's Bebop so was your critical failure. Why are you doing it's four so more? So weird. I don't understand it. It's so fucking weird, man. It's the it's the um mm-hmm. it's the Fox strategy of just like starting every single show ever. And then canceling 90% of them and just keeping your one or two hits, but just like continually throwing shit at the wall. And it doesn't even matter that you're canceling these bad shows because sooner or later you get another Simpsons. Right. They're hoping like what, like one piece or you, you hack show like fucking hits so hard that they're like, see, we always knew that we, in, as long as we invest in stories, that's all that yeah. matters. Like whatever yeah. bullshit, Invest-ing right? Investing in stories. <laughs> yeah. We just thought uh, we would unearth these, I don't know, these very niche stories. And it's like, you mean world famous animes? Is that what you mean? Nobody, uh, nobody's been able to experience them, and we're finally bringing them to the world. <laughs> like, they probably think about Resident Evil the same way, right? Oh, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. And honestly, I bet you even a lot of the like the creative team, not even just like the, the production side of it with like Netflix or like, sorry, like the, um, yeah, the producer side of it with like Netflix mm-hmm. and everything. Even the production team, I think a lot of the time probably thinks of it that way with Resident Evil, where they're like, people don't really know Resident Evil and we're going to give them a look into that world. And it's like, guys, 
It's like one of the it's one of the more popular video game franchises alive today. <laughs> like, come on, it's been around for like thirty odd years, guys. Are you fucking? Yeah. Are you like joking, joking, or like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and what it, it really uh, comes down to is there's a lot of cynicism that's about like, well, yeah, gamers like it, but we need the general public to like it. We need a Walking Dead. No, you please. Don't. I never want to watch another show like Walking Dead ever again. Uh, Walking Dead got to a point where I just could not stand it anymore. Yeah, it, it became awful, honestly. Just like, it like really bad. It started to become almost like a parody of itself after a while where it's like the thing, the thing that you did was like an actual big moment like three seasons ago. Now it's just kind of a joke. Like, yep. don't you don't need to do this anymore. I don't care. <laughs> like, that's what happened. Oh, I'm telling you, the vision that I have for, for fucking Raccoon City show, that's the show they should have done. Resident yeah. Evil Raccoon City. Uh, I think it would have hit with uh, pretty much everybody. Honestly, you'd have it. You'd have an in into something we've always been interested in, but it would still feel like it take clearly takes place in and around a very key moment that people care about. Right. Characters people are interested in, in a world people are interested in. Do an ensemble cast, right? That have different yep. connections that are surprising. Maybe like one of the cops at the RPD is dating somebody that works at Umbrella. Yeah, and so they have an yeah. inside beat to like, hey, this is how a liquor functions. And they're like, what the fuck is a liquor? And then it happens, you know, like that was the thing that yeah. got me, by the way. Uh, I think you could do an entire episode about liquors, even if it is not oh, within yeah. the budget. Like the fact that the, the show d- didn't even like take time to have these cool um, set pieces where hey there's a very distinct problem this episode they're trying to get through this tunnel that could have been a whole episode a I'm whole so entire episode sad that that so I, I had the exact same thought i'm so sad that uh that episode wasn't like a descent style claustrophobia nightmare right like why wasn't that the vibe right and it sucks because the spider was cool and the liquors were cool but like there was no real tension at nope. all. Nope. Dude didn't care about this entire, like they didn't even take time to set up anybody except for like, here's this really belligerent man sneaking alcohol. And yeah. here's his, I don't know, his wife, <laughs> like his, his wife, wife. And, and their kid who obviously has been yeah. bitten by a zombie, which is really funny. Cause like, that's literally like in, in, in TV and like movie writing, uh, the only personality to like certain women is, well, they're a mother. I'm like on, there's yeah. nothing else there's like and that is that is her personality jade even like uh appeals to her at the end is literally like like he's not your son anymore right. and she's but and she and she says i can't leave him but she might as well be saying my whole identity is this child i do not exist if he dies which is such a cynical and obnoxious take on motherhood really? it's like yes some people that would happen to some people they wouldn't be able to leave their kid i get it but this woman has lived in a zombie apocalypse world for like a quarter of her life. There is no way that that would be the standard response to this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, it's really sad. And she'd probably be super traumatized and she might even kill herself or something. I don't know. People do that stuff. But the whole I'm staying behind because my identity is my child is such a lazy, cliched, bullshit writing excuse. Like, Absolutely. There's so much cliche and trope all over this shit, right? Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not like 100% against tropes. Everything needs to be original. Like, I if like you tropes. use them effectively, then they. I think work. tropes are great. Yeah, yeah. but th- this doesn't use any They're of effectively. Shorthand in in writing, they're very useful. Yeah, absolutely. This shorthand in the show is just like you're just slapping my hand. Stop it! <laughs> what are you doing? Speaking of motherhood, can we, I mean, I, like, I know we're all over the place. I'm sure a lot of this gets cut. Whatever, I don't care. No, speaking none of, of it. Speaking of motherhood, can we talk about the moment? Um, Rita revealed that she was pregnant. How the fact that like the absolute skull and crossbones just appeared over her head and sit over, <laughs> sat over her head for the entire rest of the show until she died. Like she was dead the second 
there was a whiff that she was pregnant. <laughs> yep. And like, she basically looked at the camera and goes, we just cracked the T virus. We're yep. the most, we're the two most important women on earth right now. <laughs> yep. Like, like that's how it felt where it's like, oh, yep. Jesus Christ, you're going to explode by next episode, yeah. aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to, you are going to be eaten by a zombie and then someone will throw a grenade into the zombie's belly. Like a zombie whale eats her and a grenade gets thrown in and it all explodes. She's just gone. She never existed. Time erases her. Someone's going to throw a volcano at you. Fuck. Like it's just going to be terrible. And, like, and then it happens. Everyone, yeah. everyone that, that could possibly matter in any way, just dead. Fucking, the, and I mean like, let's be fair. Let's be fair to the show. I knew Simon was dead from the moment they said that Jade and him were like sort of into each other. Yep. But dead. still, you just get, they were, they got to the end of the like, oh shit, how do we kill him? Well, you know, it would be sad if his mom shot him. What the fuck? Or, you know, it would have been interesting if uh, they had a, a fling when they were younger, but he ends up siding with his mom because of course that's, that's his what mom. I was hoping was going to happen. And ends up becoming okay. a like like the like maybe one of the people that's like headhunting her in the future because like it's umbrella but no i, I really want to find out that simon's mom is still alive in the in the future timeline right and, and his weird juiced mom is just like still <laughs> maybe that this has happened forever or maybe she knows she's still making she salmon like yeah man, she, to this day she's in like this completely burnt out new umbrella city <laughs> or new raccoon city and she's just like still trying to cook salmon yeah, she's made it the whole 15 years this is your mom's favorite god <laughs> fuck uh, what a dystopian show we would make what a weird fucking show dude what a strange show but i remember in the first god. episode when they introduced a bully to beat up billy for no reason yes. and the first thing they did was show you that the bully was also being like ostracized mm -hmm. to make you feel bad for her and then she's immediately like a fucking psycho yep it's not even like she's sad and is bullying out of out of response she finds someone who is lower than her on the on the like the uh the food chain and just immediately is like i'm gonna kill this girl it was three four it was 3.5 seconds before she yeah. like laser targeted on this person and was like i'm gonna become and a then, shark and then she shows up like six episodes later and is just fine she's in the skate park nice. party just nice she's kind of nice what the fuck also, is happening? Can, can I point? Show? Can I point out that like so? Uh, apparently, Simon does the half pipe trick, which the trick is yes. locomotion. Yes. Um, <laughs> the trick going down a half pipe and not dying. <laughs> yeah, which you know there was like literally ten to fifteen feet of cushion at the end of it, so nobody was really in trouble. Billy decides to do it because you know the T virus is making her go. You know, the risk going. <laughs> crazy now oh she's gonna do some half pipe tricks or whatever like right. i thought she would do like a cool like fucking like spin or something no she bails. just yeah she doesn't even make it the whole way yeah, that's Everybody true claps she fails like she she loses the board out like on the inside of the of the of the half pipe like she yeah. doesn't even make it but she still lands on the fucking cushions and that's why people clap they're like that's cool <laughs> they're like she she fucking um bird man <laughs> into the cushions but she looks for that validation from yeah. from her sister jay to be like look what i did but she's too busy making eyes with mr simon and then she thinks to herself i am going to take over umbrella and yeah. I'm going to hunt you down with my drones and my army. <laughs> like it almost like is, is like the as, moment as where she's going, I'm going to go evil know, here because of the way they decided to not clean up that, that past timeline. As far as we know, 
that is the reason she did it. Really? Like it could be the, because they mentioned like, oh, well, the, that one night I felt freer than ever. It's like, do you mean the night that you bit Simon, you fucking psycho? That's literally what she was saying, right? She was saying like, yeah, the night I killed your boyfriend and basically our dad died as far as you knew. Yeah. And I ruined like the, our entire lives forever. Uh, yeah, it was the best day of my life. It was like, yeah. what? Oh, dude, they're going to bring back Burnt Albert in oh, season two. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. He's I'm sad that they have officially told us that that uh, speaking of uh, Albert with a with a B before that Bert is going to die. Right. Why spoil that? I thought I thought it was going to happen. But why tell me? The show why keeps on doing the shit. It's just like, oh, you, you know that character? Well, in the future, they're dead or uh-huh. it's the future. And they're like, hey, you know, how dad's still alive. And you're like, oh, I guess he doesn't die in the show. Huh? Weird. Huh? I guess I shouldn't care about what happens in the past. Huh? That's my problem with the jump switch. That's why I think Yellow Jackets does such a good job because yeah. it doesn't answer the fucking questions by episode no, three. This, this show took every rule about the the time jump back forward for narrative use and did the opposite thing <laughs> every single time. Got like, they either didn't use it effectively or at yeah. all, or they did the wrong thing. I, I think you're totally right, though. I think this is a show where they had an intention to start with and they didn't have all the answers and they get them just like redeciding what those answers were as they wrote it. Really read like it stinks of that where it's just like, you didn't have a vision for this. Did you (laughs) right? Like you might've had like some sort of scene or element where you thought like Albert ends up here, maybe Jade ends up here. And that's really about it. Cause everything else feels like just up in the fucking air, do what you want. I don't know. And that's frustrating as an audience where I'm just like, I don't, I don't think you guys have a plan here. And if this is the plan, John Crocodile isn't the answer. <laughs> yeah. No matter how cool yeah. that giant crocodile is, not the answer. Shouldn't be the emotional beat <laughs> at the end oh. of episode eight. Why did they try to make me feel bad for the giant crocodile? That's that so I, weird. I really don't know. I really don't know. It's like, oh, like, it's like a puppy. It would have been so funny to me if B was just like, all right, I'm going to climb this, this crocodile and just rides off into England. <laughs> Oh my god! I wanted I wanted to just jump up and eat the helicopter and have right. uh, have Billy die. Yeah. Then we were like, okay, cool. Maybe we can do okay, something cool so season two. I also I just want to say really quickly yeah. about that crocodile because I like the crocodile. Sure. And I love the idea that like they're they're carrying they're dragging it around on their fucking boat. <laughs> that is true. That's it was their really cool. solution to being attacked. It's the crocodile. It's their it's their atom bomb measure. You know, we're getting attacked. Right. We got to stop. Jade even says in that episode, if a single helicopter makes it into the air, we're dead. You have to press the button now, right? The idea is that they're beached and they've locked them down. The crocodile can go and kill them all. Yep. They're on a boat. How often do you think they're going to be engaged with in a way, like maybe another boat, but in a way, not from umbrella, in a way that that crocodile helps them in any way? It's more like a threat that they could bring to bear on a town they came to and just be like, hey, if you don't give us all your like paintings and musical instruments and Stradivarius violins, we'll stick this fucking crocodile on you. Like, it feels more like they have it as a threat to use against people, not a defensive mechanism. No, not at all. Well, we saw on the show it took three missiles to take it out, which, you know, to disembowel it, by the way, which was crazy. But like, so you're out at sea, you're underwater, Umbrella's using its resources. It's not going to do well against a submarine as big as it nope. is. Like nope. it, it's dead in like a two shots. Torpedo, a single <laughs> torpedo kills that thing or at least yeah. slows it down enough that you hit it with another one. Right. Like it's such a cool it's <laughs> it stinks of so many other parts of the show where it's such a cool idea that no one thought about context for. No, 
like uh, here's another here's another perfect example speaking of the liquors that tunnel and those drug ru- drug runners the rum runners or whatever that that have that service where they go through the tunnel yeah cool idea realized in the most stupid insane way possible like their, their actual system was idiotic like they're like oh the 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 liquors are here and we got to be quiet because they react to sound and it's like then why are you driving through in vehicles <laughs> yeah shouldn't there be an element in the show where they go like hey we 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 can't drive from here on out yeah like, we have to walk like it was almost like they were told like so they were aware of there being a danger on this tunnel road and yep. yet it's almost like they never ran into liquors because obviously people would be like there's fucking liquors in there by the way you but have they, to shut but the they fuck still, up and the crazy thing is they still identified them too so it's not even like Clearly, right. this is a repeat problem because they named uh, them and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. Could you imagine if there would have been a cool thing where it's like you see a couple that has like a newborn infant and they turn them around going, no, you're not coming. And they're like, why? Oh, yeah. Like something to give you like some sort of indicator that it's like, well, sound is our problem there. Yeah. We, we can't. Something. So, yeah. It's like literally anything. But it's like they they acted like they didn't know what would be in there because maybe there's a new like variety creature every time they, they make the tunnel run. They're like, what is that? Is that a gigantic snake? But no, nope, made a bad choice. And then not to mention that they're getting chased by umbrella as well, which probably didn't help out the situation. Yeah, exactly. Although they really didn't make use of that diversion very well because <laughs> they started firing their own guns and being loud and screaming while going be quiet as loud as possible god i think the biggest problem that i have with the the future sequences in general is they seem to exist to create a set piece and then immediately obliterate it without any thought (laughs) set pieces and like and people and scenarios so like they established in an earlier episode um speaking of like episode four they established in an earlier episode that the brotherhood exists jade talks to her husband he's like you have to go to this place she's like that's brotherhood territory and he's like well it's better than umbrella and then the brotherhood is there and they're this weird religious cult but by the end of that episode, they're decimated and don't exist anymore. The tunnel is scary, run by the drug runners, by the the rum runners. By the end of the episode, it basically doesn't exist anymore, and they're all dead because right. of the giant spider and everything. The every single the 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 welder people, the junk traders, they're all dead. Umbrella killed them all. There is no. <laughs> they keep establishing ideas and places in this world, and then wiping them off the map immediately right. because they're just unwilling to actually stick with anything. Mm-hmm. to like actually establish a world that is consistent and, and constant instead they're just like we're going to show you it's like a roller coaster we're going to or like a theme park we're going to show you like two or three things don't think about them too much because we didn't either because we're going to shoot them all by the yeah. way they're, they're, they're going to end up in some ruination somewhere fucking guns and i'm just like i mean at least like only like half the people died in doctor who episodes whenever you would visit like a new planet <laughs> this one's just like jade you are like a living plague yeah. <laughs> Yeah. everywhere you go people seem to just like just self-destruct in it's some such, capacity you, we were talking about like cliches and tropes and things that yep. like shows and stuff use all the time i i gotta say that like those are fine again i was saying earlier i don't have a problem with shows using tropes yep. but jade is the laziest version of like the walk the ticking time bomb character like the the walk the walking destructive wave of death you'll often see in like jrpgs or like young adult novels or whatever it's like Mm. nobody loves me because everyone around me always gets killed or whatever but there's just no reason for it in this show it's almost like she's just really unlucky and also stupid but just really unlucky it's not honestly a lot of the death that happens to people around her isn't her fault Mm -hmm. some of it is but a lot of it isn't but it still happens yeah and i don't know that we're making like a great point about 
the character because when you really think about it, she didn't choose to be born to Wesker and Wesker's blood. She didn't choose to be there at New Raccoon City with the umbrella outbreak shit. And all she was really doing was like helping her sister, right? <laughs> you it's, know, it's almost like the show is saying, Jade Wesker, you are being punished for all always trying to save people it's like what the fuck is your message like are you saying she shouldn't be trying to save people she should have like, killed they, they her keep, sister i don't know they keep tisk tisking her and being like you should pay more attention to your daughter and husband and it's like she literally cured the zombie problem not really cured it but she solved the problem that's incredible she is the most important person in this universe <laughs> and the show keeps going like you suck jade <laughs> why do you keep doing this to everybody and it's like what the fuck do you want? What is it? What are you trying to say? Uh, I mean, it was pretty stupid when she brought in her daughter to the tied up. That's zombie. the dumb. That yeah, oh, really I'm, not saying, I'm not saying she's not an absolute idiot. Yeah. 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 But I am saying there seems to be some sort of karmic implication that she's suffering for something she's done. And it's like, <laughs> what though? Yeah. Cause Other I'm just like, mm, Billy went crazy, dude. Like literally yeah. went like T virus crazy. Like that's not really yeah. her fault. She's she fucking clobbered that dog. <laughs> I do. She I do love it. the part. I do love the part where Billy in the future is basically like that. What we were talking earlier. She's like, "That's the best night of my life," and she's basically like, "I don't feel anxious or upset about things anymore." And I'm like, "That does sound pretty sick." I'm not gonna lie. I mean, what doesn't that what doesn't that what Joy does? Yeah, Billy. that's that's literally the point, right? She's just like this. Clearly, she has this like hooked in her system forever now or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, she just doesn't feel anxiety, I guess, and it turned her into a super villain. <laughs> I love that. That's absolutely like one of my favorite elements of the show. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that she's like, I'm feeling myself. I'm wearing trench coats. I yeah. I've got drones. Uh, there was a point where she was killing her own umbrella people for fun, uh, and she was just she like laughing. Was hilarious. Yeah. 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 Ah. Like, this is great. Their heads are exploding. Ah. <laughs> Which was just like, wow. okay. So there's like no nuance to your character. Like, that's the thing that got me. It was like, there's no actual like depth to this as a person. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Still tried to do the I don't need you anymore thing at the end where it was kind of like you could tell it was like it was clawing at her a little bit to to like to like finally separate from her sister who was always the stronger one or whatever. They still tried to do that, even though they showed you this like literally insane woman cackling as she murdered her <laughs> men and like puppeteer controlled her, her, the weird owner of her company. Like she's fucking, uh, you remember the end of gamer? Oh, where uh, uh... the guy from Dexter does the, I like the, uh i've got you under my skin or whatever dance sequence <laughs> yeah 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 it's like fucking hell man see i i love our comparison points like we can sit here like i mean we've given it land of the dead right yeah. we're sitting here and we're just like do you remember gamer <laughs> you remember the movie gamer do you remember jurassic park like, fallen kingdom? yeah fallen kingdom like the, this is the bar for this show like this is I'll as just, far I'll as it could go show a, a gamer and a half out of ten <laughs> it's a little better that's a review gamer and a half uh, gamer and uh, a half at least it had some cool liquors man that's it fuck. i mean really dope spider sequence by the way i really love dope. the spider so here, here okay so, so to wrap this up though i got two questions for you or yeah. no, no no it's one question but different audiences for the answer sure. which is can you recommend this to non-resident evil fans and can you recommend this to resident evil fans um, so yes and yes, but it, there's a caveat in both. Okay. 
So yes to non-Resident Evil fans, but they have to like um, sh- like schlock TV, mm-hmm. like schlock sci-fi, right? They have to be really into schlock sci-fi because even if you're into, like if you just like zombie shows, I don't think you'll like this. Not necessarily. There's too much mad science. There's too much like young adult. You have to like so bad it's good television if you're not a Resident Evil fan. Right. And then if you are a Resident Evil fan, you have to be a Resident Evil fan like me, where you, you're you not invested in seeing something accurately represented. You're okay with a new interpretation, and you're also okay being massively frustrated. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about because, right. Because again, I would recommend, I would sometimes recommend other terrible Resident Evil media to Resident Evil fans. Like some of the, I would say again, that one Resident Evil Extinction, I would recommend to some Resident Evil fans. Yep. And it's really bad. And it doesn't accurately represent the series at all. So it's the same vein as that for this. I could I could definitely see that. I think when you look at the the echelon of adaptations, right? You you have things that are very off base, which is the entire movie series, but will have callbacks, much like this show. They're honestly they're not that different as far as their approach to an adaptation is, where we have a through line story that we want to tell that really isn't about the games, but we're going to continue seeding references from the games and even use oh, big right. elements like, oh, here somebody turns into a tyrant or totally. somebody does this, right? Sa- same kind of adaptation, right? I, I think, think the this, difference is this mm, did it better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as shallow, but it did it better each time. Right. Because it had central characters that were far more believable than a super secret agent spy that forgot their memory and then suddenly became a super powered secret agent spy for the rest of the films. And also was a clone and then what maybe wasn't. And then everybody's resurrected and then Wesker's the president. Yeah. Like that, that was the thing where like, I think they, they blew their, their shot with by literally ending the world in part two of a six movie series. Cause then it's like, well, where, where do you go from there? And the answer was like, no one, nowhere really interesting. And then by part four, we kind of like, ignore the apocalypse in japan at least but it's back actually yeah (laughs) it's really fucking weird man it's such a weird fucking series and for some reason umbrella is really in control despite everything being wrong in this series i believe it more because at least there's 300 million people alive like on earth just like in encampments whereas in the resident evil movies basically they make it seem like only a couple like thousand people have made it (laughs) through this whole thing yeah that the world is essentially over yeah, like it um, is like you over. couldn't really rebuild. It's kind of like you're just living in the aftermath. Whereas this show is about the potential, or at least thematically about the potential to rebuild afterwards. Yeah, so that's like stakes, a, like there's a right? reconstruction, an reconstruction uh, point a... <laughs> at a certain point with this. But uh, yeah, I think you would have to, like you just recommended, like I'm a big Resident Evil fan, right? And I would love one day for there to be an adaptation that evokes the feelings that I get out of like at least the original trilogy in a way that I think is... Like, yeah, you've done it. You've married this to like the art of cinema, but the stylings of the originals. I would love that, right? Sure. But I would say almost the same thing, which is like, you're going to walk in and if you're really invested in the series, you'll probably fucking hate it. If you're looking to just be entertained and maybe get a cool few cool callbacks like Moonlight Senata, then go ahead and watch it maybe. I don't know. Take your time. I think the the easiest metric if you are an RE fan to whether or not you'll like this is... Did you like Resident Evil 5 more than any other Resident Evil? If you did, you'll probably like this because it's just as stupid. <laughs> yeah, I did not like 5 more than any other Resident Evil. I though, know. But I still like this. Yeah. 
So that's the safe nice. bet. That's where, like, if they say their favorites are E5, I'd be like, you should probably watch this. I like that they got the year of Wesker's death right, 2009. They did. They really and they did. even offhandedly mentioned that he fell in a volcano. <laughs> they sure did. I hope the writers fall into a volcano and season two has a fresh set of writers. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> I, I, I have a question for, I have yeah. a question for you. Um, what would you say if there are like, let's say, let's say like top five things in this show, not moments or just things that you liked things. Cause we talked a lot about bad stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff in this show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. like, what were your favorite five things in the show? Favorite five things. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not five, but let's see what we can do. Um, I, I definitely liked future Jade for the first few episodes, like the whole, like her against the world. I know we mentioned land of the dead a lot, but it also evoked feelings of, um, the girl with all the power. No, the girl with all the gifts. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same vibe too. There is definitely some vibes of that where I was like, this is an interesting, like, Hey, we're still living through the apocalypse kind of thing rather than people like, you know fighting for water or eating like expired candy it's like no they, they they've set a way to continue which is yeah. interesting and I, I again like i was talking about her physicality like i really liked elements of her so like when good. she fights when she when she's doing the thing like i thought that she shit was really good. does feel like a, a reincarnated ash yes at times like for real like they even splatter her face with blood the same way constantly like, yeah yeah <laughs> she's covered in blood like through four and five like without fail like she gets all the way to the university and it's still covered yeah. in blood which is really the handy. moment she she doesn't even have blood <laughs> in her face anymore but she takes a shower and the amount of blood that pours off of her is hilarious <laughs> yep it's like a bucket so yep. th- that's great uh my number two would be evelyn i think evelyn's a strong villain and the actor chews up like everything oh. that they're doing um eats that show alive. love that shit uh obviously if we're gonna talk about characters like wesker is a standout to me i really like his imposing nature even if they don't give him that much to do in the show which is actually a shock that they yeah i was, I was impressed yeah that he just kind of is very background and whenever we catch up with him it's usually a scene of like evelyn putting him in his place and him just like staring and that's it yeah. that's really like the drama that we have until until we introduce the clone saga <laughs> right mm-hmm. Yeah, what what else? What else we got here? I mean, I think I really like the actor that portrayed young uh, Jade. I think she was it's really really good. good. I yeah. just think those are the worst parts of the show. Totally agree. But Which, as a as a child actor, she was quite good. Yeah, she really she was doing her job really well. It just really caring that her scenes. Job was like mm-hmm. yeah, being an annoying young adult character. Yeah, yeah, being being angsty and angry. Um, uh, and and Billy, it was unfortunate that like it seemed like Billy was a reasonable actor, but was just given the whole like you're going to be disassociating for almost every scene that you're in, and you're going to yeah. have to play that up, and it, that was just got obnoxious, right? But yeah, I, so I got what was that three things? <laughs> That's like three, or, three or four. Fuck. I, I well, I mean, like you also, I mean, I think it's fair for me to jump in and save you here and say you also liked the the creature, the creature work. Yes, the creature work was really really good. Um, I really liked what they did with the CG with the creatures because it didn't look fucking awful. And of course, they they knew to hide their good creatures <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, yeah um, they sure did. But uh, no, CG was great. Actually, no, the crocodile even looked good in like the harsh daylight. Yeah, and the uh, and the BOW caterpillar or whatever in the first yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the creature effects were pretty good. They were um, smart in that they killed them pretty quickly. I, I would say exactly like murder it immediately kind of thing. I would also say I want to give a shout out to the um, to the set design. Uh, I did yeah. not know you can fit that many umbrellas 
into one shot but like yeah. if you notice there's lamps that are shaped like an umbrella there oh, yeah. there's always if there's like a lighting like situation there's always like it's housed in an umbrella like even in the wesker house they they point yeah. up and there's an umbrella that's just like a lamp and i'm just like oh it look was, at that it was very cute <laughs> there's umbrellas ever i'm sure like I, i'm surprised there wasn't like uh car rims that were umbrellas like you know <laughs> yeah. when the when the one imposing guard guy who who he did a good job even though he got five lines in the whole series of being like threatening yeah. the right hand man of evelyn was interesting yeah the, the the like kind of the thug style character yeah exactly so he was he was good but yeah other than that <laughs> i got nothing for you we, we have we have pretty much the same stuff i think <laughs> i liked aspects of the future world building not not just set design so like for example i really liked the idea of a caravan that has to go through the channel to protect people but I don't think they handled it really well. No. Um, I really like the idea of that, like that bartender guy who basically takes people's possessions to get them on a boat. Like that stuff. I think all that stuff is real. I li- really like the idea of the university, like a boat that's storing all the remnants of like intellectualism and, and culture. And the people on, uh, uh, on the boat are all very like fappy, smart people. I thought that was really funny. And, and cute because it's a, it's a trope that people talk about, but it almost never gets put in media. It's often like, oh yeah, they tried to do this before the end of the world and then they all died or whatever. So I don't, I, you don't get to see it very often. So I, I liked a lot of that world building. I also, I love the idea that their nuclear option was a huge crocodile. <laughs> so I think like, yeah, a lot of the, I think a lot of the future world building decisions were cool, but they were handled poorly but other than that i think i have the the same list as you like i really liked wesker in the in the limited capacity that he was there for i think he was like shockingly good when you look at the rest of the show i don't think there was like a single time he was on screen where i was like i don't like this guy i loved evelyn like she just absolutely devoured my attention while she was on screen i always wanted her to show up again (laughs) constantly right i think uh I yeah. really think there's another version of this show. There's another version of the show that could have worked and still had almost the same, same ingredients. Right. But I think the natural progression would have been, and this is unfortunate for me to say that you focus more on the 2022 storyline, but build it out in ways that make sense while also hinting maybe like it is the framing device of each episode, but not like the main focus of like the post-apocalypse. But yeah, I, I, could, I, I agree. I could see a world where, it even goes through different generations instead of just focusing on this, I guess this maybe pivotal moment when Billy gets bit, Billy doesn't get bit. Um, they learn more about their father and then maybe there's something where they realize there's an importance to what's going on. And they maybe even start working at umbrella in their, you know, when they get out of like school, essentially sure. like with different intentions for what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Like Billy's trying to save the world, maybe like their dad and, or, or I should say Jade is doing that, trying to save the world like their dad. And Billy is going off on maybe like a different tangent a little bit. Sure. You know, yeah. recognizing the power of like genetic tampering and shit like that. And just going on this like extreme path where like maybe they think that they're on the same side for a while and then it just fucking splits. And that's how you can like earn that. I mean, yeah, it, that leads into their their rivalry way better than the show ever did. Right. Because this is just like you won't you wouldn't hold my hand after I killed your boyfriend. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't either, dude. That's a that's a yep. pretty big deal. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> In, imagine a version of this show where kind of like you were saying, where like the future stuff is more used as like a 
we've mentioned this a couple times where it's more used as like introductions to episodes or whatever. Imagine a version of this show where Jade doesn't have a through line, like a moment to moment plot in the future sequences. It's just that the future sequences, like we were talking about before are used to pinpoint and then call back to moments in the past as intros to the thing or whatever. You get a five minute, maybe future point and they're all at different points in her life in the future. So at one point, you don't even have to get her captured by those crazy cultists. Just open the episode. She has been captured by those crazy cultists. Yeah. Have an episode where she's in the, like the first one where she's in the midst of trying to figure out the the plague thing. Have an episode where you introduce, she's on the boat. You see that she has a daughter. They can cut back to something, right? Give us like five minutes of that per episode. And then I think it works. Yeah. And then maybe make it more like the uh, Vash Stampede versus Knives yeah for <laughs> kind real. of rivalry you know for real like maybe It'd she's just so like looking cool. for her sister and like that's her whole thing she's like i'm just looking for my sister and then you can <laughs> even later on build out like if you want more seasons later on you build out to having more scenes of the future having more focus on the future but yeah not doing it this early this much yeah it just did not work it undercuts the show right which is unfortunate because like we were saying before the past sequences while theoretically much more interesting because we want to see how things happen because they're teen drama don't hold your attention very well nope yeah it's just it's just a mess but But at least they played billy eilish they did and that's all it takes to make a good show so 10 out of 10 and if you name a character billy that's that's what you have to do from now on i was also why was that woman's husband named barry why did they do that <laughs> even as like a reference it's like this is just weak. a bad one like this it's just terrible every yeah. other reference they did was so direct mm-hmm. it's like and it couldn't have been a mistake they didn't accidentally name that person barry no. so it's just like they're like yeah we're referencing barry burton but he's a dead husband of a weird british lady and i think they show his face too and it's like well that's not they barry do. and it yeah. isn't it's not supposed to be him so why give him the fucking anyway the show had a lot of mistakes it made a lot of bad decisions <laughs> it truly did i'm just, just kind of like it's one of those things where i'm confused that somebody who's so familiar with the lore yeah. would make these decisions and then yeah. i think about like well what's the, what, what is the other body of work and it's like oh all of the bad supernatural interesting yeah. interesting how that can happened we, that way let me tie back to that for one second and yeah. mention that it's absolutely hilarious that there are two supernatural alumnus currently making TV, and one of the shows is incredible, and the other one is very bad. <laughs> are you talking about uh, Kripke? Kripke? Kripke making the boys. Making yeah. the boys. Yep, the boys, which is again not a faithful adaptation, but a no. good adaptation. I, I honestly think it's better for not being faithful. Yeah. I think it's absolutely. I think most of his successes come from what it carefully decides to take from the comics and what it doesn't while mm-hmm. still being very like intellectually and emotionally faithful to the source material, which is one of the reasons I was so excited for this show. Cause it felt like that's what was happening, that it was going to be like a careful, smart reinterpretation, choose picking and choosing it. Yeah, and it wasn't, that's what happens when you get the guy who was showrunner for supernatural for the five, four or five good seasons of the show versus the guy who was su- the showrunner for supernatural for some of the worst seasons of the show. Basically like six through 11 is, is what he yeah. did. Yeah. Terrible. It was literally after Kripke left because Kripke left after five. I will never watch supernatural. I want you to know that. You shouldn't. I'm not yeah, going shouldn't. to. It's very I'm, bad. I have a very personal reason for it. Too. So when I, well, before you tell me that I just want to, so when I pitch 
to you the idea of our new podcast where we watch every single episode of Supernatural. Right. Not gonna, you're going to say no. Um, well, I wasn't aware of these plans to begin with. I don't want to be devastated when I ask. So, Am I conscious while watching these? Or I mean, It's up to you. Is it kind of, can I just like put on headphones and then like go to sleep and then wake up? Like, oh, that's real. <laughs> like, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that is the core premise of our new podcast. <laughs> Yep. sleepy natural um <laughs> i i as a kid uh or like i was a teenager i had written these um little screenplays like these short stories basically that oh were about God. that were about two brothers uh you told me this it's so yeah, sad that are demon hunters and they had their last name was wexler uh and they're going around basically like x-files style going from like different like vignette or monster of the week while there is a overarching lore right like the like x-files style where there's like there's something they're building to but it's in the background to like these monster of the week episodes um and they would drive around in of course a black muscle car uh and the big difference was they weren't like just like casting spells and crying about their dead parents or whatever they were actually like getting in there with like medieval swords and shit and just like uh hacking up these monsters i what did i call it i think i called it something like the apocalypters basically that that sounds sick and it's crazy why why didn't you uh ever pitch this to a studio or anything i found out about a show (laughs) called super natural because I yeah, and I think I was good. just mentioning my thing to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, that's like a, like that's like oh, that's supernatural." I'm like, "What's supernatural?" And then they and describe your heart it. Fell that yeah, they're like, "Oh, well, it's about these two brothers, the Winchesters." And I'm like, "The Winchesters? <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and they have a car. I think they call it the Beast or something, right? No idea. The, the fucking or I think they call it the hearse. Like they're being cute about it. Or maybe I wrote maybe. that they call it the hearse because I was maybe being cute about better. it. I don't know. It could have been. I didn't finish it or release it to the world. So they they got me uh, up on that. Now they have like yeah. what? Maybe fucking they were uh, spinoffs and you. comic books or something. I don't know. Maybe could have been. But they took it. the the funny thing is there was a character who's the angel in the show? Castiel. Castiel. I had Castiel in my script really um but i didn't name him castiel he was basically like oh i wanted the character who was like the metatron from dogma yeah like, like the voice of god and he's like an important character kind of like that's wild because yeah. they did not plan castiel super far in advance and he wasn't going to be a returning character in supernatural initially <laughs> that's something that happened because of the writer's strike gotcha yeah so like you you actually planned the correct version of supernatural before they had any idea what they were doing well yeah i just figured that like hey they needed some sort of confirmation what they're doing was for the service of good did you Um, did you know that there's an episode of supernatural where you find out that there's a person who's getting like effectively like messages from god that are the stories of supernatural and he's writing them down that's literally what happened to you is that alan awake yeah the same thing. <laughs> That's what's happening to me. That's true. That may be the case, right? Um, did a did a priest train them? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> That's that's what I had in mind. Whatever. whatever. No, it's different. Yeah, no, it's different. God, there you go. There's there your delineating feature. There is different. It's mine now. Nobody will compare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, you can hire me, uh, Andrew Dab. <laughs> I can go ahead and uh, uh, I could do like a little script doctor thing. So you can, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you can hire Kevin for season two of right. Evil on Netflix. I'll look at your script for episode nine. I will look for the nearest trash can and I will write you a different script. 
<laughs> using the same words that you like to use. And then I don't know, somebody like what runs into uh runs into a zombie crow and like swats at it. <laughs> and that's, that's like the, 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 the fucking reference that episode. There, there it is. <laughs> you Somebody's going to walk by a window and there's yeah, some birds are going to smash through it. And they'll be like, Oh, we're all going to be it. so fucking mad. Nick, when yeah. like season two, the promo trailer shows up like sometime in 2023 and fucking nemesis without any context is like just there it's in an episode. Happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I was honestly surprised it didn't happen this season. I was That's almost true. certain that it, that nemesis was going to show up just by the way, the way they were doing the references and how they were just so slipshod with everything. I was just like, man, nemesis is going to show up any minute now. And any instead second. there was a tyrant, but you know, yeah. almost. Who just looks Pretty like close. a guy with long nails. Really? By the way. It's really funny. Guy. <laughs> not imposing, not makeup, no. not anything. Just like, just a guy in water. Hey. He looked like a very angry guy. Yeah, he there. was upset. They put him in a tube. He seemed pretty mad. Yeah. And not, like we said before, not even a good tube. No. He didn't survive. Shit the, broke. The fucking, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Wesker explosion. That science right there. Oh, so great show. 10 out of 10. I think everyone oh, should uh, go ahead and watch it. Okay. That yeah. 53% of Rotten Tomatoes makes no sense to me. Remember, gamer and a half out of ten. Gamer and a half out of ten. Well, I think that's it for the yeah for the wow. re review. The, uh, the re moon view. Yeah, yeah. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Thank you, Capcom, for this. I hope you get a whole eight seasons, and Ethan Winter shows up in season seven, and you just completely butcher everything about him. All right. That's all I want. That's when we reboot the series right there in season seven. And, and again, I, I want to clarify after all of this stuff we said, I really want them to do a season two, like really badly. I would be sad if they don't get a season two. I want them to get it right. Yeah. I want them <laughs> to have another shot. Like that's really what it like. There's enough. See, it's funny. A season two will either be absolute garbage or slightly better. Right. And if it's slightly better, I have hope. And if it's not, I have absolute garbage to watch, which I love. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would just be strange that we do like like a bunch of stop start adaptations because like Welcome to Raccoon City is never getting a sequel. No way. Like never getting a no sequel. No way. And if this series, you know, like God damn it, Wikipedia, it says overwhelmingly negative reaction. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> then we got to like, neg- what do we get another one? Negative. What do yeah. we well, how, like? I'm afraid of what the next adaptation might be. Like not excited. I'm like, I'm afraid they're going to be like, well, let's get fucking really wild with it. Or it's going to yeah. be an exacting remake of every moment from part one. And hopefully that works as a show. Who knows? Or, or we'll go far enough into the future. Like maybe, maybe this does so badly that everyone's scared to adapt Resident Evil for another 10 years, <laughs> 10 years in the future. It's long enough. Somebody remakes Paul W.S. Anderson's Resident Evil series. No. Full remake. No. What if they remove yep. like all the context that it's Resident Evil? And just like focus on the <laughs> parts. Literally, just call it Biohazard. <laughs> Did you know, according to the Wikipedia for this show, that this is a part of a genre called biopunk? Okay, that's our show. Uh, we'll see everybody later. Uh, thanks a lot for being here. I'm Kevin. It's a uh, it's a portmanteau of biotechnology geez. or biology in punk. Jesus Christ. Why does everything have to be punk, man? That's what I want to know. Listen, dude, Resident Evil's biopunk. It totally makes sense to me. Totally makes yeah. sense to me. You know? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I guess we got to call it here. <laughs> it's the show. The sh- oh. You know what? The takeaway, hire Lance Reddick. He'll elevate whatever yeah. you put him in. He'll elevate Anything. it into the sun. Anything. This show would have been unwatchable without him. Yes, absolutely. 
Like if it was just Even some, with some of the other stuff we liked, it still would have been unwatchable. Yeah, if it was just some guys, Wesker, the show would have been just like not. It would not have been tenable. Not at all. Thank you, Lance. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. And you. I hope you did have as much fun as it looked like you did. Shout out to Bert. Shout out to Bert. Shout out to Bert. All right, cool. I got enough to edit. <laughs> <laughs> guys, have a great one. Thank you for being Hashtag here. Hashtag justice for Bert. Justice for Bert. <laughs>